Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Harrods have sold out of luxury handbags after a pricing issue online last night. The Aspinall of London goods, usually costing around £900, have sold for just £8. I got a handbag. I wish I had. They sold out really quickly. There was one company, they, they couldn't get online quick enough. It was obviously some mistake on the Harrods website. And so bags that should have sold for 350 quid were going for £2.61. And so the last ones were snapped up. Um, of course, what they've got to hope is that Harrods send them out. They don't have to send them out. In other words, if you go into a shop and there is a price sticker on something, and it says it's a pound as opposed to a hundred pounds, and you take it to the till, they don't have to sell it to you. The law is it's been priced incorrectly. If you want to buy it at the normal price, that's fine. They don't have to sell it to you at, uh, at that reduced price. So theory, in theory, Harrods don't have to send out any of those handbags. Oh, there's going to be a lot of very upset people. Honestly, but what were the, um, the Peter Kay tickets? One minute and the Harrods handbags the next. What next? Pantomime cancelled. John Barrowman and the Crankies. It's spanky, cranky and willy gags and all the rest of it. And one mother complained. First time in history, I think. Actually, tell a lie. A mother complained last year, I think, about a Julian Clary pantomime. Because the, I don't know if you've been to a pantomime recently, but they are full of innuendos. And if you're doing Dick Whittington... And and you're doing it then quite clearly. And you've got John Barrowman starring in it with the crankies. We're going to have the kids shouting out Alice loves Dick. And it's as simple as that. One mother took her uh, fiance and I think a few. Ch- what in God's name is that shirt? You're going on a picnic or something. Welcome to the drunk Australian who's sobered up now. Oh, I had I had more. You bought that in L.A. Take it back immediately. Seriously, it's not you. You're like a roadmap for the underground. Quite sweet, actually, but a bit young for you. Probably more, more in keeping with my kind of thing. Anyway, so anyways, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, so they, they do this panto. They've all got innuendos in. All pantos have innuendos in. It's just in this one. It just happens to fall in. It's a gift. Alice loves Dick. And so you get all the kids. They don't know. They're little children. They've got no idea. They think it's funny. You ask any little children nowadays, and I don't want to sort of, you know, wallpaper it up there for everybody to see, but they do funny willy jokes and things like that and booby jokes and everything else. They hear it at home with their parents. They hear it at school. Why shouldn't they hear it on stage? Anyway, this this woman complained about it and said it was smutty and the uh, pantomime should be closed down. Well, don't go to pantomime then. Apparently it's ruined her Christmas. Good. Good. Need to get a life, love. You really need to get a life, because I'm so bored with drippy people like you. If you don't like it, listen, if you've never, ever seen, I mean, come on, John Barrowman on any television programme, he does rude things. He's known for it. I can tell you something that he does as a party trick, but I, I'll save it for another programme. Might save it for the Hippodrome show. But anyway, and, um, and then he did Celebrity Juice the other day, and his trousers split. This is nothing new for John Barrowman, let me tell you. John Barrowman getting his bits out, and although it's nothing new, let me tell you. So if somebody complains about pantomime, just don't go out, dear. Stay at home. It's obviously easier for you. Because, well, I make pantos ruder. I don't think, I'm, well, I don't, it depends how rude you want to go, isn't it? I mean, it used to be. I mean, the, even adults now go, oh, look, 12 miles to London and still no sign of Dick. You know, and that's, uh, that's sort of, and you know, it's just, that's what happens in panto. They don't have it anywhere else. Nobody else understands the British double entendre. We have, we have pantomimes. Watch all the carry-on films full of double entendres. That's the whole idea. You know, Australia doesn't have panto. 
because over there it's nothing new, men dressing up as women and slapping their thighs. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a normal thing. They're going to look at half their pop stars, bless their little hearts. But, you know, it, if you seriously complain about something like that, you need to get a life. Stay in. Please stay in, because, you know, the world is just too much of a change for you. You're not going to like it at all. Uh, so glad you're better. Do go and see Biggins, says Anne. He is the ultimate dame, and totally knows he is the ultimate dame. He's very, very good at dame. Although I don't know, I work with somebody who could be a dame quite easily. I don't think the fact somebody's got facial hair puts them off being a dame. Have you ever dressed up as a woman, Aussie boy? Have you ever dressed up as a woman? You want to tell us about? You're hung- he's hungover. You know why? Yesterday, I leave here. We're all, you know, very tired. We've done the programme. If my phone rang once, it rang seven or eight times. And, and the producer as well. It kept ringing. And so I, I, I think you find it is seven or eight times. And the worst thing, I'm then sitting on the train, OK, and I'm going home and the phone rings. So I push the thing going, I can't talk right now. And I put, I'm on the train. It's a very quiet carriage. He then wrote back. Well, I can't tell you exactly what he wrote back, but it was basically, you're telling lies. And I thought, I was sitting on a very quiet carriage. And when I looked up at the window, it had the do not use your telephone sign. So I didn't want to break the law on the train. And also, how can you have a conversation with somebody who spent most of the party wandering around looking for people from the fifth floor or Matt Stadlin? Unfortunately, neither was available. Matt Stadlin... I don't know if you've heard this. He'll probably tell you about it on his programme at the weekend. He made the party, just not the right party. He was, he was hoping... The funniest thing was reading his, uh, his blog on it. And I have to tell him this, and I shall tell him on Sunday morning as well. It, it's, it's almost like you can't make it up, can you? You cannot make up that you go to a party and you look round and you think, I don't know anybody. Of course, they were nothing to do with us. Nobody was there. He, he thought some people had commandeered the global tables and everything else. He said, obviously, some people from outside. It was seriously, I thought I thought it was a joke. I didn't go to the party, mainly because it's just it's not for me. I'm way too old for that kind of thing. When, when Matt hears this on, on the best of Steve Allen, I was going to say, you, at what point... Did you realise that you were in the wrong party? When I mean, out of all the people, who did you... I mean, he can't have recognised anybody because there was nobody there from Global. We, we were in another part of the building. Well, I say we, I wasn't. But when somebody told me, I said, no, you're joking. How would you know that? But, of course, he's, he's relatively new boy in the scheme of things. So he goes to the party. It is like... I did hear of a story some years ago of a woman who goes to Rome and gets picked up by her family, and as they're driving out of Rome, she suddenly looks at them and realises she doesn't know anybody in the car at all. They've picked up the wrong person. So she thought she was being kidnapped. I've heard of people who've been to the wrong funeral, the wrong wedding, but to go to the wrong Christmas party for the company, I thought I thought it was the best ever. I think he's got to milk it. I think that has to go down in history as the only person who's ever been to the global Christmas party, but not gone to the global Christmas party. He was invited, quite clearly, as indeed we all are, but uh, he just didn't... He only lasted a few minutes. It was too noisy for him. Our one was far more sedate. We were all... Well, all the people who went to the global one were sitting around drinking sherry and playing canasta. That was a far more sedate affair. Some people were knitting in the corner and things like that. <laughs> the hell they were. So anyway, so I thought that was my best story of the week. I might tell that again and again and again, I think, as somebody who went to the party, but it was the wrong party. And what, I wonder how many people he walked past thinking, 
wonder which floor they're on. Or do I know... It's because it is interesting, isn't it, when you think about it, that there'd be loads of people he'd know from here, you know, all of his team and everything else. He must have looked around going, I mean, why didn't he text somebody and go, where are you? And they'd go, we're in the corner. So he'd wander over to a corner and discover a completely different set of people. All good stuff, isn't it, really? I like things like that. I think that quite cheered me up, really, because I've never done that. I don't think... I, I, I ever, no, I don't think I've ever done that. Excuse me, quick slurp of... Uh, Mm-hmm. A bit more throaty this morning than I was yesterday, which is a strange thing, actually, because yesterday I didn't think I was that throaty at all. And this morning I can't be throaty because Jamie Oliver's getting... In fact, he's probably getting up. No, he won't be getting up at this time. This is way too early, isn't it? I don't know how far... It's, I don't know if he's in town coming in or if he's out of town coming in. Either way, the radio will be on, I should imagine. So we take all your texts and emails, 84850, uk. Oh, they think they found a solar system similar to ours. Does that mean that, you know, there are other people like us out there? I wonder if there are other people like... I don't think there are. I've decided, actually. I don't think there's any other life out there. might be other solar systems, but I don't think there's anybody else out there. I really don't. Uh, also, the couple in love for 79 years. That's a bit of a cheery story. Rebecca Vardy, Becky Vardy, you know, trying to make something of herself, uh, broke down in tears after there were claims that she bullied Ian Lee. I never bullied nobody in my entire life, she said. Oh, and um, Katie Price fell off a horse. Oh, there you go. Katie Price falls off a horse. And that makes the news nowadays, which is very sad. I was more interested, though, than in Rebecca Vardy. Your five minutes is finished, dear. Sorry you finished. You, you were kicked off the programme. Nobody liked you. And, uh, OK, go back you came from. Look after your children. Stop, stop trying to launch yourself up this. When I spoke to an actor the other day, before we started the programme... Uh, who enjoy- Ollie enjoyed that story, did it? Oh, bless him. Isn't that a good story, Ollie? Isn't that a good story? I think that is such a good story. The, the worst thing was that he said... Come closer, come closer. He spent a lot of time in the toilet. And I don't know why. I mean, do you think he was finding solace in the toilet? And he was, he was there. When I say finding solace, he was probably hoping... Because if, if you go into a dark place, you can't see people. If I walked into a party... You know, I'd be looking around going, who do I recognise? Who do I recognise? Nobody. I'll go to the toilet. So if you go to the toilet, it's fairly bright. And you can maybe sort of bump into it. And then you can go, oh, look, there's Aussie boy. Uh, or, or anybody. But he didn't see anybody in the toilet. Because there wasn't anybody from our party in the toilet. <laughs> I think it was just so funny. I think it's such a good story. I mean, yeah, I hope he doesn't take it the wrong way. I hope he takes it in the spirit in which it's meant. Hilarity. Because I've just never heard of anybody going to the wrong party and wandering about. But he didn't, he didn't enjoy it for the two minutes he was there. I think he spent five minutes in the toilet and he didn't bump into anybody in the toilet. Did he? Can you imagine? Do you think he was asking anybody? Excuse me, um, uh, Matt, Matt Stadlin. Uh, are you from Global? Which, which department do you work in? They'd be looking at me like, you're off your trolley, pal, aren't you? You're off your trolley. <laughs> bless him, honestly, bless him. Um, oh, uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, through his... Uh, spokesperson says he didn't make Selma Hayek do a sex scene. The film she's in is a film about a bisexual woman. So there was a lesbian scene in it. She said she had a breakdown afterwards. What's the matter with these people nowadays? You know, if you're making a film about a bull and they ask you to play a bull, then that's the part. If you take the part of somebody who is a bisexual, presumably, I mean, I don't know, presumably at some point they're going to ask you to do a, a sort of a lesbian love scene. It's called acting. It's called acting. You know, when you see people up on the screen, they're acting. That's what they're doing. 
Uh, the Joyous Four-Year-Olds, who taught us to love Christmas again. It's a really cute programme on the television. Uh, fly tipping is soaring, isn't it just? And um, da, 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 a rare coin from the War of the Roses, Tudor times, fetched £40,000, which is interesting. Aussie flu has hit the nation. Thank you so much. Bless you. We return it a thousandfold to you. I'm glad you got a headache. I'm glad you're suffering. What are we drinking? We're drinking snowballs again. I know he goes out to the bar and he goes, oh, I've a snowball, mate. Something like that. What's a, what's a snowball? Do you know what a snowball is? Do you not really? It's Advocar and lemonade. You have it with a cherry on a stick. Bit of a girly drink, but then I should imagine most Australians probably love it, don't they? Oh, we'll have a snowball, mate. Uh, three. Three snowballs. What were you drinking? What were you drinking last night? What were you drinking? Ever oh, that's why you've got a headache. That's why you've got a headache. Is that what you drink? Do you just drink Foster's? I can't remember. When you went to the rugby when I met you that time, to keep you at arm's length, I, uh, I remember then I thought you were drinking Foster's then, weren't you? I think... No, I think you were drinking Foster's, actually. Yeah, other beers are available. But you see, I don't drink beer. I've never drunk a beer in my life. I've never had a Foster's, a Heineken, never had a Lugger or a Bitter. I've been bitter, but I've never actually drunk bitter. And Because when I used to... God, that shirt is really something else, isn't it? <laughs> it does look... If you actually framed it, it would like, look like the tube map, wouldn't it? It does a bit. We've just got to put names of stations on it. It's good, though. It's Obviously, you didn't have anything else to wear. So you thought you'd chuck that on this morning. Shows what a rough day it was yesterday. <laughs> what time did you wake up? Did you wake up late? Well, has he not woken up? Oh, right. Oh, bless him, honestly. He's going to come in here now. It's only a short break. You only get a short break to be nice to me. So just just be warned. Anybody being horrid today? I've decided it's Super Friday. The reason it's Super Friday is because, and I'm really so annoyed about this uh, throat thing, but it's doing the rounds. It's sort of Aussie, but I don't have the flu. I've just got the sore throat. And um, I'm just sort of, I'm bearing up with it. But if you've got it, I know what you're like. I know what you're feeling like. You probably feel even worse. But uh, So I'm getting through it with water, throat spray, cups of tea, and the fact that Jamie Oliver's coming in in, uh, in a few hours' time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, it's interesting. Ian in Warwick, Ian in Warwick, he said, can you ask a producer if they still make Castlemaine 4X? Do they make that? Forex gold, yeah. Oh, Forex gold, you see that? He puts the, vo- he p- he puts the accent on, have you noticed? Man, yes. All right, see you later, mate. He's from Peterborough. He, uh, we just call him Aussie Mike, because it's, it's kind of some... Oh, what does somebody else call him? He's got another name, hasn't he? Hasn't he got another name? Pete. I can't tell you that story, because seriously, I'm, I might as well just dig a grave for myself as to why he's called Pete. <laughs> this place is mad. I know, it's, uh, seriously, it is absolutely bonkers mad. Not just this time of year, any time of year, any time of year. But uh, the good news is that, what are we doing? Oh, it's the weekend, and for that we are eternally grateful. I bet the only person who doesn't put his feet up during Christmas is probably all the people who cook for a living. You know, the Phil Vickeries, the Jamie Olivers, everybody. I should imagine, and we're, because Jamie's got uh, a television programme, now that must be already filmed, because it was done in a log cabin in the Alps. That sounds very romantic, doesn't it? I've always wanted, I've said, there's a company on the television at the moment, I don't know if you've seen it, I don't know which, I can't tell you which channel it's on, but they build log cabins, like massive log cabins. These things are ginormous. And I think they build them in Canada or the Rockies or some, whatever it is, it's something, something very nice. And they build these places and you think, blimey, that is beautiful. And you think, they never tell you how much they cost. And I've always wondered, I've seen, have you seen Hoff Houses? 
These are these houses. You go over to Germany and you design your house and they bring it over in lorries and they assemble it. A crack team of German craftsmen. I think it is only men. I'm sort of err on the side of caution. And they build this Hof house and they're all glass. And, it, and you, you literally, the amount of money you want to spend determines what your finish is like inside. But they come over. You just get the base built over here in concrete. And they then come and do all the rest of it. And it's, it's quite something to see. Quite something to see. But these log cabins are stunning. If you're going to have a place abroad, you know, a log cabin would be some place to have. But I'd worry if it was a lock-up. You'd have to make sure there were people living in it most of the time. But uh, anyway, so nice to be company this morning. What did I do yesterday? Nothing, 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 nothing. I felt, I felt very good about yesterday. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to save my voice. And in fact, it was, it was, I, was quite, I was quite surprised, actually, the time we got to sort of tea time. And I made, uh, then a couple of friends phoned. And then some friends phoned to, uh, I'd only just heard that I'd not been well. And so, of course, you know, you get people saying, are you all right? And I go, well, you know, I feel OK. It's just that the throat sounds a little bit ropey. Basically, I feel exactly as miserable and as bitter and twisted as I did before I had the sore throat. And um, over this weekend, I'm resting. I'm going out uh, tomorrow. In fact, I had a choice of two venues tomorrow. I completely forgot about the first one, and I'm, but I was booked up for, uh, for Saddle as Wells. So I'm m- making sure I go to the right place. I'm going to Saddle as Wells to see Matthew Bourne. And uh, the cast up there. And then we've got cocktails and then we've got dinner, uh, Joe's. So uh, it should be a very nice Saturday. And then Sunday I'm in here and then I'm resting. And I might drive to my brother and offload the content to the boot of the car. Because I bought something for his girlfriend this year, which I know she's going to love. I know she's going to love. And uh, it arrived uh, yesterday. So I've, I've got that to take. I can't be bothered to wrap. I've decided. I don't want to wrap anymore. I think you just put things in a gift bag. You know, you go to Poundland, you buy a gift bag for a quid or you get three gift bags for a quid. Just put it in there and tie a ribbon round the top. That's all you need, isn't it? Or you go to Joe Malone's and they uh, and they wrap the thing or Joe Loves and they wrap it up beautifully and put it in a box and it's tissue. And it looks it's very, very presentable. Very, very presentable. Of course, if you were lucky enough to get a handbag from um, from um, uh, Harrods, well, then good, good for you. However, if you weren't lucky enough to get a handbag, kind of bad, isn't it? And I'd love to know, really, because, I mean, I think it's the, the lady who's complained about the pantomime, which is full of double entendres, you know, Alice loves Dick, let's get everybody to shout all that out. It's only the adults who know what they're saying. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I, you know, we, we can all be a little bit prudish. You know, I watched a bit of Celebrity Juice last night, about a minute when I discovered he was on the panel, and I'm afraid it went off straight away. It was just, you know, littered with four-letter words, which were, which were unnecessary. If you can't be funny without swearing, then you might as well just give up. You don't find, you know, people on the table. You get comedians who do a whole routine. They don't swear. And yet some third-rate bit of tat and trash on the television... With sort of, I mean, with the guests last night, Denise Van Outen, some bloke I'd never heard of, another bloke I'd never heard of, Stacey Solomon. She's very sweet. What was she doing on there? She's got children. Within two minutes, they'd use the F word. What do you say? Mummy's doing a filthy programme. You know, I can understand if somebody went to a pantomime and the characters came and oh, where's the F thing? So you wouldn't, you just wouldn't get that. You might get rude things, but then, come on, how many times? You know, if you've got little boys and little girls. You know, when they're little, you know, three, four years old, they do pull their trousers and pants. That's what they do. That's what they do. You just... And we laugh, don't we? They think it's funny. So, you know, to them, it doesn't mean anything at all. It's only to the parents. Oh, I thought it was disgusting. It should be closed down. Why don't you just sod off? I'm bored with people like you. People who complain about, you know, everything. 
There was a bloke the other day on the television. I have to be honest, I felt a little bit sorry for him. He was very anti-people parking in his town on double yellow lines up on the pavement. And he was a one-man crusade. He was partially sighted. And he put a thing on their windscreen, which basically says, well done for being a stupid parker kind of thing. And then you get couples as well who were appealing parking tickets, which I quite liked, actually. I didn't, I didn't know there was an appeal system that you can go to. And there was this couple who'd gone in there and they said it's an hour, an hour's free parking. And then it had written underneath on display of tickets. You buy a ticket, you get an hour's free parking. They hadn't bothered to, to get a ticket for free parking for an hour. So they got a 60 quid ticket and they were arguing the toss. And the bloke said, but it's written there in letters. What do you want? You know, a brass band to come out and go, have you put a ticket on your car? How's the traffic warden supposed to know you've been there for an hour? Anyway, they had to pay it. So I felt a bit uh, better. Ian says, have you told the listeners what you're doing on Tuesday? I haven't. I'm going to Wilton's Music Hall on Tuesday. Three of us are going. Well, there'll be loads of other people there as well, I should imagine. And, um, and we're going to see their Christmas offering, which is going to be very nice. I'm very festive this year, actually. Very, very festive. Once I got rid of the throat, I'm going to be fine. I've got to make sure. The only thing I've been told is because I'm going to Sadler's Wells on Saturday, take a bottle of water and take loads of throat lozenges so that you don't cough. Because there'll be nothing worse than sort of halfway through a quiet bit in a ballet. I go, <coughs> you can imagine, can't you? It's going to drive people absolutely crackers. So I'm, I've been told, and I know that what's going to happen is if all of a sudden the cough gets bad, which, which at the moment it's not, I can, I can get through various bits and pieces. Um, and I've got a handkerchief and I shall <laughs> like that and I shall get through it because I thought it's, I mean it might be gone by tomorrow I don't know I can't tell what's keeping it going there I don't know whether or not it's the cold weather because it's it's dropped down the cold I don't know whether or not it's that that's making it a bit bad or whether or not there's something in your throat which is uh, just an infection you've got to wait for that to go so I've got my spray I've got my chloroseptics and uh, I've got this other one which is actually quite a good one actually I quite like this one this is called Diflam Diflam spray. I cancelled the hospital for today, which I had to, but luckily it was only for the burns unit. I had to cancel it because it's uh, it's only a ch- they don't have to change any dressings or do anything else at all. And I'm seeing the plastic surgeon in January. That's already booked in. So it's at the moment it's all quite nice actually. I've just got to next week. I think stick cards in the post. What would I do? And um, and then we'll talk in a moment about this woman. Um, she's on benefits. Big surprise there. Uh, she can't work. Uh, because she's apparently got... She's too ill to work. Not, no, not not too ill to turn up on the television and do an interview on this morning, which, of course, ingratiated her to just about nobody. Now, I don't have a problem with what she spends her benefits on. That's her problem. I have a problem with the fact she's on benefits in the first place. I do have a problem there, because she's only 29. She's got six children. Obviously, her illness doesn't affect her having sex. So I'm assuming... I mean, there must be something she can do. Why, why don't we get people like that off benefits... Get out there and do a day's work, love, like the rest of the country have to. You know, pensioners who get out there going, she spent how much on presents? £2,000. But that's not, that's not 2000 quid she's been given. She's saved 50 quid a month over the, uh, the 12 months, so she's got her money. And so she spent £2,000 on 66 presents for her six kids. She says, nobody tells me what to spend. No, well, stick it up your nose, darling. Nobody gives a toss what you spend your money on. I couldn't care less whether you go and buy Tunnock's tea cakes or, you know, or Warburton's strawberry slices or whatever they happen to do. You know, I'm more interested in the fact that you've shoved it down people's nose by going on television, 
you know, and making it sound like, oh, I'm too ill to work, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm going to spend £2,000 on my six children. Do what you like, I couldn't care less. My kids shouldn't miss out because we're on benefits. They're not on benefits, darling, you're on benefits. You look perfectly capable to me of getting off your ass and doing something. Let's face it, you're not doing yourself any good just sitting at home. There must be something that somebody can do. You know, that, that, you know, just because you've got Emmy or whatever it happens to be, there must be something you can do. God in heaven, there's 96-year-olds out there working. It just really annoys me, I'm afraid, when people like you go on television and flaunt it in front of people who don't have that sort of money. They don't have anything like that. They've got nothing, and there you are sitting there going, oh, I can't work. What do you mean for the rest of your bloody life? We're going to have to pay for you. Well, I suggest they find some sort of cure or something, or go somewhere else. Go and sit in the sunshine. might be better for you. Because, you know, I think it's just ridiculous that that is your life, sitting on benefits. You see them on the television, people who get arrested, and they go, so what do you do, dear? Nothing, I'm an alcoholic. Oh, right, so we have to pay for this, do we? Yes, we have to pay for it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's, uh, what did they say the other day? They were talking about people coming in from other countries, and you can't remove somebody if they're sleeping on the street. So you've got people who've come from another country specifically to sleep on the street. Outside Richmond Station, two mornings ago, there's a bloke sleeping under the Christmas tree with a huge suitcase there. And I'm thinking, what? Why do you go back home and sleep under the Christmas tree? What's the point of coming here? Because people give these people money. Down here, when we go back to the thing, how many people we see yesterday? One, two, probably about four people in between here and the next bus stop, sleeping in doorways and everything else. You thought somebody would want to get up and try and do something in the morning, but obviously not. Uh, the Royals are cashing in. We'll tell you about them in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. LBC and our sister stations from Global are joining together for a brand new event, rewarding the very best from the world of music, news and entertainment. It's called the Global Awards. From rock stars to classical composers, broadcasters <coughs> to chart toppers. They're all under one roof. And you can be there with LBC. So keep listening to find out more. It's something that you're very much going to be involved with. I hope so anyway. Uh, the Royals are cashing in already. Do you know it's Sandringham in the gift shop? They've already got Meghan and Harry stuff out already. I mean, you can buy a gold-plated spoon for four ninety nine, Key rings with the happy couple, three ninety nine. Uh, also a bookmark, two ninety nine, A notebook, three ninety nine. It's the same photo. Um, and then... Uh, postcards, 70 pence. A mug is 6 I find it tacky. I'm sorry. I really do find it tacky. And I never thought I'd say that because I like royal memorabilia. I've got some royal memorabilia at home. I've got Charles and Diana celebratory mugs. <laughs> They're probably worth something, I should imagine, now. But, um, you know, it's here, I think they said, they're only just engaged. They're not even married. They're not even married yet. At least wait till they get married. I mean, can you go up there and get William and Kate mugs as well? Is that the sort of stuff they sell? God, what a bunch of tat. I mean, this really is tat. You know, a mug. Oh, it's it's Meghan and Harry. He's 32. He's been out with loads of people. It's not like it's sort of the fairy tale wedding. She's from a sort of a royal family from Liechtenstein or something like that. She's an actress. You know, an average actress. It's only known for one thing, suits. And that's it. But apparently she's broken with tradition. And uh, the Queen will see her on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Christmas Day, they go to church and there'll be a few people standing there going, Harry, could you sign my mug for me? Just bought it at Sandringham, dear. Bought a bookmark. Thank you. <laughs> I should stand there going, hello, sir, do you support the diabetics? 
I might go, actually. I quite like watching things like that. I'm, I'm big into that. Uh, do they have pantomime in parts of Australia? They do have it. Uh, really? Why, why would they have pantomime? I didn't think they had pantomime. We have, we have to send them everything. We had to send them the first people, didn't we, on those ships years and years ago in chains. And, uh, and then they sort of, you know, I've never been. It's the only place I've not, well, I've been, not been to loads of places, but I've not been to Australia. And the only reason is it's just never interested me. I don't think I could ever sit on a flight for 26 hours. I, I seriously don't think I could sit on a flight. I'd have to be sedated. I'm quite good at being sedated, actually. I've been sedated. But, do you know, this year has been an absolute rubbish year for health. It really is. I think it's been my worst year ever. But, you know, I, I emerged through the other side, you know, having wandered through the picture, which is good. Just finished a night shift at Canary Wharf. Uh, no home time to bed. Always a pleasure having you in my car, says Tim. And my friend Ryan... He's been DJing in Birmingham. We talked about Birmingham the other day, Ryan. And uh, I still think of that little video of you. Happy days. And um, he says, a lot of snow. What, still? No, really? Honestly, can you imagine actually going home? He's a, he's a DJ, as you know, because he DJs. He used, to, he used to work here in this building. And, uh, and then he's, he's up north, as they say now. So by the time he gets in, it must be like five in the morning. It reminds me of years ago when I used to work clubs and things like that. And you just, your, your day is all topsy-turvy. It's all round the wrong way. And so you get used to climbing into bed as the milkman's delivering. My milkman in Staines, when I lived in Staines, used to be there. And he'd go, all right, Steve, I go, yeah. I said, have you got any bread? And so he, if I didn't have anything in, because I'd have a chance to go out shopping. Very difficult for your working nights to do shopping. And, uh, and so he'd sort of supply bread, butter, bacon, peanut butter, I think, on one occasion, and milk. And then you just pay him on the Friday for it all. It was it was good fun, actually. It was really quite good. But your day does get completely screwed up, you know, when you actually get in and you think, oh, I'm so tired. But then that's what you do for a living. And I should imagine Ryan's earned a fair bit of money last night for DJing. He's one of those, uh, you know, like you've heard of Pete. Oh, I tell you what, one of, Paul Smith, come closer. Paul Smith, the newsreader, is going tonight to the O2 to see Pete Tong. I said, aren't you a bit old for that kind of thing? And he said, no, because I tend to forget he's actually very young. And so he's, because he looks, he just doesn't look it. You know, he, oh, sorry, I should have said that. He's out there listening, isn't he? So it doesn't, luckily he doesn't, doesn't translate that fast. But anyway, he's, uh, he's, he said he's going to see Pete Tong. And I said, there's a new album out. And he said, is there? I said, yeah. I said, it's the Pete Tong Ibiza Classics. How I know this, don't even ask. It's best that Steve Allen doesn't know these sort of things. And because uh, and, I bought it as well. So I can play it in the car. And uh, it's got orchestral stuff in there. And it's really, it's really good, actually. I don't understand any of this DJing stuff. But at the global party, they all did a bit. Mr Moyles did a bit. Uh, Roman Kemp did a bit. I think Toby Anstis did a bit. Who else did a bit? Somebody else did some as well. Yeah, yeah. T Tony Dibbon uh, does some as well. Bless him. I love Tony. And so they have all these sort of what I call celeb DJs. You know, they all do it. I can't, I mean, I'm not that sort of person. I'd have to be playing, you know, the birdie song or something stupid. Roman quite wisely decided to start with, uh, with a Spandau ballet track. Little bit predictable, I thought. But, uh, but that was, you know, everybody, this, uh, I get this secondhand. All this information secondhand. So the, um, so the information we got about Matt Stadlin, which I think is the best, don't, don't you think that is the best story of the year? That is the best story of the year. That he goes to what he thinks is the global party. And it turns out... He's in the right building, but at the wrong party. And he doesn't know. He walks around and it's very noisy and there's coats flown, thrown all over the floor, which, of course, wasn't ours. Ours was very sophisticated. And there were coats thrown over the floor. He didn't like it. 
In fact, he only lasted a few minutes. He then went to the toilet, then decided to, to leave because he missed the party. So, of course, the global one is going on till the early hours of the morning. Matt, by this time, is trudging home thinking, oh, I have not gone to that one because he went to a, another firm's party. It's obviously quite easy just to wander into different people's parties, isn't it, really? Because they had great food at our one. They had curry. Aussie Mike, who's really Pete, uh, was telling us about, you know, he had curry and stuff like that. I wish I'd been, actually. I could just go a, go a curry now. Um, Jonathan and Tower Hill says, A man came into my bar last night, asked for a double entendre. So I gave him one. Uh, fresh pineal. pineapple adds an enzyme to stop coughing. Actually, I don't think as a diabetic I can have fresh pineapple. What's the thing I can't... Oh, the one thing I love in the morning, but I can't... And I haven't had it for years, obviously, because, uh, because I can't, is uh, grapefruit juice. I love Tropicana. I'm sure there's other ones, but I quite like that one. It's got bits in it. Ice-cold grapefruit juice. And I can't have it because it clashes with my tablets. It specifically says on the tablets, do not drink grapefruit juice or eat grapefruit. So not very, uh, not very happy. Uh, Steve, thank you for soldiering on... Do you think Meghan will be allowed a paper crown at Christmas? I, I should imagine the royal family do pull crackers. I should imagine... Oh, the old joke about Harry pulling a cracker. Yes, I know we've heard it before, thank you. But uh, I should imagine they do... Well, probably posh crackers. Probably posh crackers. And they will have a traditional uh, dinner on Christmas Eve and then they'll have a, a brunch kind of affair on Christmas Day because it's a chance for them to put... It's only a three-day event. But all the family are expected to turn up, except Sarah, except Sarah Ferguson. Uh, she, she's not invited. No doubt Meghan, as the papers are tried, so keen to tell us, will be texting Victoria Beckham, saying, you know, would you want to pop over for lunch one day or something like that? <laughs> Royal family, you know, they've been caught out with these things before. You know, you don't find David Beckham picking up the phone and calling Harry, because I shouldn't imagine he's even got Harry's phone number. He might better call the palace, like you can call the You can call Buckingham Palace. You can call it now and go, can I leave a message for the Queen? Wish her a very Merry Christmas. And somebody will say, I'll pass that message on. You can do exactly the same at the BBC. Hello, could you get rid of BBC local radio? Thank you. And it goes into their records book. You know, the, the duty officer at night will have to record. So if, you, if you've seen a programme that was on the television and you liked it, you can or if you don't like it, you phone up and you say, I'd like to register a complaint against this or I'd like to say, well done on that. Because the other day, Louise Dreary Redknapp turned up singing her latest song, which included a very rude word in it. And uh, she left it in there, presumably, because otherwise the song would sink without trace, dear. A little bit like uh, Louise Redknapp. Still wearing her wedding ring. I don't know why they make such a big deal about it. She's still married, as far as I know. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And, uh, Steve, I'm here in Australia. They barely have theatre, barely have any culture. Well, they, they, uh, they do have theatre. I know lots of people from this country go touring. Uh, over in Australia. It's just not done the same as we... You remember, of course, and we're all looking forward to next year. Come on, what are we looking forward to? Come on. If you followed the programme, we're looking forward to the rescheduling of the Peter Andre tour of Australia. If that happens, I'll eat the studio. Because apparently Pete couldn't do it because he had a television series to do. So they said, uh, no, he's only cancelling it for that. You thought he would have realised before they booked the tour in. The truth of the matter is, as far as we, we've managed to gather, uh, the tour wasn't selling. There was no interest. Why, why would anybody in Australia be remotely interested in one-hit wonder Pizzikins? Nobody would be. You just wouldn't be, you know. Mysterious girl. I mean, unless he went out on tour with Jordan. But, I mean, frankly, you can't even sit her on a horse straight. So there's no chance of that one. But anyway, so that's the reason. The tour has been uh, rescheduled for next year. You'll hear it first on LBC. 
You know, because I don't like people taking the mickey out of you. I don't like people manipulating you and saying, oh, you know, this is going to happen all the rest of it. And I know quite clearly there'll be a load of old cobblers if that thing, you know, uh, if that thing actually takes off. They're just not interested. They're really not interested. Peter Andre singing as what? You can't even sell out places over here. What's the point of going over there? I went to Australia a couple of years ago, Steve, and I got to passport control. The man said, you got any criminal convictions? I said, I didn't think you still needed them to come in. It's an old gag, but it's a goodie. You did actually, didn't you? That was that was a place, but I just it just doesn't interest me. I don't know why. There's there's lots of places where I think I'd like to. I was watching a program the other day where they went, oh, it's what did they call it? Luxury homes by the sea, and it was a woman and her husband who'd obviously done very well. They had three daughters, and they wanted to buy a place on the Algarve, and their budget because I thought they were talking about millions. 560,000 quid. Hardly worth bothering, dear. That's an average-sized bedsit in London. 560,000. And they showed them different places in the Algarve. Some of them looked quite nice. Some of them looked a bit, a bit pokey. And one of them, the whole backyard, was taken up by a pokey little swimming pool. There was no garden or anything like that. So you walk out your patio doors, you're straight in the pool. But there was a nice house. They said, of course, if you could really afford it, this is 4.7 million. And it was sort of a mini mansion by the side of a, a lake. It looked lovely. It looked lovely. But if I was going to spend 4.7 million, it would not be on a mansion in the Algarve. It would be something in London. I'd love a flat in London. You know, £20 million flat in London. Just so you can have it as a place, you know, of sort of the thing. I don't want to trek home on the trip. I mean, yesterday, believe it or not, do you know what time I got them yesterday? I was really quite late, actually. I got about 20 to 9. I finished work at 7 in the morning. How was that? By the time I got back to Waterloo and got on the train, and then we sort of pootled along, you know, picking flowers and uh, doing daisy chains. And I eventually got home. And by the time I got home, it, I looked at the clock and went, 20 to 9. It's ridiculous, isn't it, really? But never mind. It was, it was lovely. It was lovely. Oh, they look nice, men's pies. All the advert. Oh, that looks nice as well, doesn't it? Christmas pudding. Are we going to have Christmas pudding this year? I shouldn't think so. I can never manage it. I try. I try. Phil Vickery was doing a recipe the other day and was s- s- soaked in slow gin. My Aunt Enid's a bit like that. She's been soaked in slow gin for years. And uh, and I quite fancy, but custard. I bought some custard the other day, and it was vanilla custard from m and I'm sure other places make it as well. And um, and I bought it, and I had two or three teaspoonfuls. It was very nice. But then I thought, I shouldn't be eating this, Stephen. It's just sugar. But I think occasionally you let yourself go, don't you? Occasionally, at this time of year, you're allowed to, you know, drink yourself stupid with a bottle of Ember cream. Other sherries are available. And, uh, and have a bit of a knees up. Have a bit of a good time. Because if you've had a rotten year, you know, you might have had a year. You might be one of those people at Multi-York who's just been laid off. And a few other companies have been laying people off left, right and centre. And for you, Christmas will always be that miserable, bloody time of year where you lost your job and you don't have any savings. Remember, James O'Brien told us a while ago, most people have less than £100 in savings. Which actually I found really strange because I'm, I'm a bit... I'm, I'm quite meticulous about it. I've had my, my tax bill in for for uh, for January and uh, I spoke to my my bank manager and she said no that got money in there there's no worry about that and you think oh that's good but other people haven't got that sort of money to sort of pay but if if you've earned it you should have saved it and then you've got to pay it so that's it but you might have had one of those really really bad years you might have had a year where you think oh just can it get any more worse you know illness this no money Losing the job, you know, kids are playing up, trouble. Also, there's going to be all sorts of things. And for you, Christmas must be a miserable time. Or you've had, you know, the worst thing, a bereavement. 
You've had something that... But I always think... I think this... I know this is going to sound really odd, isn't it? You're going to think I'm really peculiar now. I think there's something nice about a death at Christmas. You know why? Because I know that sounds odd, doesn't it? Because you never, ever forget. You'll always, always remember that it was at that special time of year that you lost somebody. And that's why it makes it even more special. Because my mum died in the November. And it's, the only reason I remember that is when the brother told me, because I couldn't remember. I seriously couldn't remember. But, uh, you know, if you lose somebody at Christmas, you always remember that. You always remember. And then you look back at the people and you see the pictures on the paper today of Grenfell and uh, the people there. Jeremy Corbyn turned up, actually. Quite a good turnout. I was wondering where he'd gone to. He was doing lots of huggings and Harry was hugging and Theresa May went. The only reason I mentioned Jeremy Corbyn is because people keep saying, where is he? Nobody knows where he is. He seems to have vanished. He's sort of dis- Perhaps he's recharging his battery for the... I say battery. I'm sure it's in the singular. Uh, also, the scandal hit Met Chief's retirement. How much is Bernard Hogan Howe's pension pot? Six million quid, ladies and gentlemen. I'm obviously in the wrong job. I, mind you, I like him as a person. I quite like him. He just seems an awful lot. And he's got a lovely Swiss ski chalet. It's not a bad little job, is it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. It's nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday, the 15th of December. Ten days... Well, nine, really, if you take it up to uh, up to the eve. Uh, Ferdinand hits the family Christmas movie Bullseye. Gets some great ratings. We're going to be talking about that uh, on this weekend's In Conversation. Uh, fans trying to get Peter K ticket refunds are being charged 62 pence a minute. I think on some of the companies, they just automatically send a refund. I think Ticketmaster, I think Viagogo have said that they will refund as well. Which is so? Does that mean they're going to refund what five hundred pound here? Five hundred? I don't. Or they're refunding the price of the ticket? I don't know, understand how that one works. It sounded like they would say so if you paid a thousand quid for a ticket, they're going to repay you a thousand. I don't think so, no. But I mean, it did look as though they were going to help people out as well. Uh, also, um, how much will you drink over the holiday period? Apparently, tons. It's the only time a year I don't drink. Is that funny? Everybody else looks forward to the drinking. You know, over sort of Christmas and boozy lunches and down the pub. So certain members of uh, of my extended family, they love to go before Christmas lunch down to the pub. Well, I've discovered the only thing I can drink really on a Christmas day, if, if it's before lunch, would be something like a tomato juice. I'm really not interested in drinking alcohol at all. I'm too worried about sort of falling asleep, which I am prone to doing. So I decided this year, as indeed I did last year and the year before and the year before that, that I'm not going to drink over Christmas. I never do. I might just have half a glass of wine or failing that. I'd rather have a cup of tea. A cup of tea suits me fine. They all think I'm mad at Christmas. They go, what are you having? I go, cup of tea. And they go, oh, dear. But uh, there you go. You see, everybody else enjoys drinking. It's just uh, just not for me at that uh, at that time of year. Um, I love the, the headline in the Express. This is a really interesting one. The headline in the uh, Express today, Archbishop of Canterbury to marry Meghan and Harry. He's said, said no such thing. This is an absolute load of old toffee. In an interview, uh, Justin Welby declined to say whether he'd officiate at the service, only saying it was up to them. That doesn't mean he's going to marry them. What a load of old codswallop. They do write rubbish. Don't imagine the Daily Mail very late today with uh, one of their stories, which we did, um, I think, yesterday on the programme. We've also done the flying car. That was done ages ago. They've just got round to doing it. And there was another story in the paper. I remember thinking... You know, uh, why are they running that story? It's just old. Perhaps they didn't have anything else to put in. Uh, They've made a big deal about the Crankies and uh, the Rude Panto. You know, the Crankies do a blue act. You do know this, don't you? They've been known to do blue acts. And they're with John Barrowman, and I should imagine there's lots of uh, 
sorts. I could tell you about a person. No, I can't tell you the story. I've just realised I can't tell you the story. Yes, I can. No, I can't. I've just re- I can't tell you the story. I wish I could, actually. Uh, also, text uh, is going to write off Christmas cards. Yeah, I think it probably will. Uh, a lovely picture of uh, Bernard Hogan Howe's uh, Alpine apartment and a £6 million pension pot. It's not bad, is it, really? Not bad at all. Don't let your children drink wine with a meal. Seems fair enough. And um, the PC Brigade says museums with male exhibits are sexist. Who are these people? Are these saddos or something? Apparently a university academic has come under fire for saying natural history museums are sexist and colonialist. Colonialist. He said the displays were dominated by animals from countries formerly part of the British Empire. Who is this person here? This is Mr Ashby, manager of the Grant Museum of Zoology. And um, so um, he says here that uh, collecting is part of the act of colonialism. But uh, his uh, his comments were... Cha- Who is he? I've never even heard of him. Who are you, darling? Never heard of you. Ever so sorry. But uh, they're, they're... Well, listen, just go back inside your shell. Stay there. I'm sick to death of people telling us what we're supposed to be doing. What we're supposed to be looking at and things like that. I don't care. I remember one year, some, I think it was Lionel Blair, changed the pantomime at Richmond. And the principal boy was played by a boy. And the principal girl was played by a girl. The dame was played by a woman. It wasn't, wasn't at all the same. The whole idea about pantomime is it's... It's based loosely on sort of long-running Victorian sagas that went on for ages and ages. And even going back to Shakespeare's time, where boys were dressed up as girls. That's how it was. You can't rewrite history, for God's sake. Uh, Steve, uh, let's have a quickly... Uh, somebody says, please, could you go over the Christmas week times for once? No, I can't. No, I can't. Go to the website. Don't be blooming lazy and bone idle. Nothing. What do you think I am? It's not, it's not on there. Well, you'd have to wait. Not for another ten days, for God's sake. I'm not changing things. Goodness me, honestly. I'll be coming round wrapping your Christmas presents very shortly, which uh, which I wouldn't be. Steve, I wonder if the Queen's crackers have the deeds to a country, in, a county inside them, rather than a rubbish plastic toy. Listen, even we don't have rubbish plastic toys inside our Christmas crackers. We've got silver-plated gifts this year. All silver-plated. They're Tom Smith crackers, which are, I think, you know, other crackers are available. But uh, they're, they're silver-plated gifts. Which is nice. Uh, our dairy, says Kevin the Milkman, still carry all that your milkman did. Crusty, oh, crusty bread. You can't beat crusty bread, can you? Mind you, I bet you this year, what's going to be the, the popular Christmas gift? Either a coffee maker or a bread maker. I bet King's Mill must be quaking in their boots every time another bread maker is made. Artisan bread, yeah, yeah. We're all eating this and then we've got an ice cream machine, yeah. Why don't you just go and buy it? It's easier. Stick it in the freezer. Take it out an hour, about hour before you need it, and it's fine. Your mum's your mum's bought a tea machine. What's a tea machine? It's not a kettle. What's a tea? I've never heard of it. Oh, right. You put... What is it? What do you mean? It's, it's a teapot, you mean. It's loose-leaf tea in, and then it brews it, and then it... Oh, right. Does it filter it as well, then? It must filter it, I presume. Oh, right. Well, why don't you just get tea bags and a kettle? Yeah, much easier, isn't it? A, lo- a tea machine. I've never heard of that. I've heard of... It's a waste of money. I did buy a coffee machine, one of those Nespresso things. In the end, I bought it, and I looked... I'm never going to use it, so I gave it to my brother. My, my poor brother is the long-suffering, you know, sibling who uh, who gets all of the stuff that I don't uh, I don't use. 
I'm sure he likes it. He's never actually said he doesn't. Uh, they also do, says Kevin, sausages, honey, filter coffee, sourdough bread, even fresh milk alternatives, all from local suppliers in East London and Essex. Old school lives on. Listen, I'm a big fan of old school. Big fan of old school. I think there's nothing, you know, when people say, oh, it's so old fashioned. And you go, listen, there's nothing the matter with being old fashioned. I really quite like old fashioned. Old fashioned was better. Believe you me, much better. Uh, Danny and Rayleigh says Warburton's crumpets are the best. Well, you'd know. Uh, who named a grapefruit? There's a fruit called a grape, which is a fruit. Stupid people, says Dominic. Actually, I quite like there's another one. It's similar to a grapefruit. But it's a bit. It's a cross between an orange and a grapefruit. And it's, it's quite big. But I can't remember what it's called now, actually. And um, a very old joke here. Police have arrested two men last night, one for stealing batteries and the other for stealing fireworks. They charged one and let the other one off. Thank you. Have you seen the Christmas lights in Epping, says Glenn in Harlow. I've not been to Epping for a little while, actually. Not been well enough. The next time I shall be down there will be on uh, on Boxing Day. It's quite a wide high street, isn't it? You can only do things up the lampposts, I'm assuming, because the high street's very wide there, so you couldn't have things stretched across. I like seeing things in, in individual windows. I think that's the whole thing. And there's a, some pieces in the paper today of... Families who've decorated the outside of their houses. Now, that I like. I like people decorating. As long as it's tasteful. As long as it's tasteful, I'm quite happy with it. But I love it. I think that's really... That's nice. It's for those people who who sort of don't have Christmas lights. They can't either afford Christmas lights or, you know, they, they just don't want to put them up and they like enjoying it. That's why I think it's there for. I think it's for other people's benefit. Because if you're sitting inside the house, you can't see the blooming things. You've got to go outside the house to look at them. But, uh, yeah, more lights, please, outside your house. Please, please, please. Coming up shortly, news at five o'clock this morning. Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Uh, the Paul Hollywood show ditched in America. They say over uh, sex scandals. Uh, the Royals cashing in with wedding keepsakes. They're not even married. And they've already got mugs out and stuff like that. Robbie Williams wants to be back in the band. Oh, God, here we go. Boredom time again. Uh, TV's Fern McCann cashing in on Acid Hell. Apparently, according to the people who were damaged by her ex-boyfriend... Um, it's all about her. It's been dreadful year for her, dreadful this, dreadful that, uh, without a, a word for them. And they're a little bit fed up, to put it politely. Uh, half a billion pints will be sunk over the holiday binge, and Mel B has to pay her ex. It's about 11 grand a month for three years. That's not bad work if you can get it, is it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice to company. Four minutes past five at Steve Allen's early breakfast. Somebody says that they got 1,400 quid back from Via Gogo for Peter K tickets. I'm trying to work out, can somebody explain to me how Via Gogo works? Is it like eBay? Is it an eBay kind of thing or is it different? It's a ticket resell it right. So they only sell tickets. They only resell tickets. So just suppose it so if I've if I've got hypothetically tickets for Peter K, I put them on Via Gogo. Do I pay a commission to Via Gogo for putting them on there? Right. So alright, just supposing you give me 1,400 quid. Do you give the 1,400 pounds for the tickets to Via Gogo, or do you give it to me? Because this is what I'm not, I'm not sure of how it works. Because I'm not sure how you get a refund for, for Via Gogo for third-party tickets or second-party you know, second tickets. I don't quite understand how that works. Because if you're, if you're paying Via Gogo, well, then presumably they... Get, I mean, how long do Via Gogo hang on to the money before they send it on to the person who sold the tickets, or is that instant? Because now they've got to go back and get the money back from the person who sold the tickets in the first place. How does that work? I mean, there must be a load of tickets that were probably sold through that website. 
So here we go. Let's have a quick look. Let's have a quick look. So Viagogo, the once chatty ticket reseller site that's now based out of a bunker in Switzerland and a room in London. And, um, and so I'm not quite sure how it works. But what they've done here, they've got, uh, there's, they've managed to get money back over £100,000 from the secondary ticketing firm. So I'm still not, I still don't quite get how it works. So if I was selling tickets, I presumably pay them a commission, but then does the person who's buying the tickets pay via GoGo, or are they paying Steve Allen? Fanfare has also criticised how ViaGogo in particular uses Google advertising so that when customers search for tickets for big in-demand tours, an official-looking link to touted tickets on the secondary site comes out top of the list. That's quite a big deal, though, isn't it? I've noticed on Google, to actually get yourself moving up the list, you have to pay money. Because I've heard of that before. It's very difficult. So, in other words, if you were searching for roller blinds, you put in roller blinds, well, how does that company get to the top of the list? And the answer is, these people pay to get to the top of the list. So that's it. I mean, it's, it's a very confusing one, actually. But I remember that Ed Sheeran did it, and he stopped people reselling his tickets by putting a name on them. And then you had to take identification. I mean, it starts becoming a little bit desperate, doesn't it? Oh, right, Glastonbury the same way. Very difficult to resell Glastonbury tickets. I've never been to Glastonbury. You have to have your photo and everything like that, right. Although, actually, to be honest with you, I look at the photo on my card and it look at all like me. Much thinner, much much youthful person. But uh, So if anybody can explain it to me. So Via Gogo pays... Ah, right, they pay... After, so wait a minute, should you pay the money to Via Gogo? And they then keep it till after the event, then they pay... Ah, right. So in other words, that £1,400 that you paid for the tickets, you probably can get back. However, if you bought them from Mr Dodgy advertising in a local paper, whistle, because it's not going to be happening anytime soon. So that's good news. Mind you, they've had enough uh, enough bad publicity, so they might as well try and sort of elevate themselves. Uh, in Oz, they, uh, they call flip-flops thongs. So if an Australian girl asks you what you think of her thongs, it's uh, handy to know, saves getting hit by the boyfriend. Well, the same in America. Excuse me, do you have a spare fag? Ah. Get yourself into an awful lot of trouble, can't you? All these, uh, all these sort of different... Uh, mind you, everywhere you go now, it's all very complicated. Everything's very complicated. Just life is very complicated. Waking up in the morning is complicated. Unless, of course, you're listening to this programme, in which case it's not difficult at all. You just sort of, you know, put the radio on in the bathroom and, uh, and, and, just, and it helps you get ready. Because you're probably standing there going, I don't understand how that thing works either. Uh, Gary says, can I be your pretend brother? You can give me all the stuff you don't want. It all sounds rather posh. Well, it probably is for you. Yeah, it'd be very posh. For us, it's just standard tat. But we sort of just get... Yeah, my, no, my, my brother benefits from all of it. Not just my brother. Loads of other people benefit from things. Seriously. Uh, here she is, Rebecca Vardy. This little plain, desperate to be famous, desperate to be somebody, desperate to be noticed person. And uh, she apparently broke down in tears over claims she was a bully in the jungle over Ian Lee. And... Um, uh, the uh, Ian apparently has been accused of playing a game. I, I see no reason why I wouldn't play. It's a game. It's a game to be played, isn't it? That's the whole idea. Don't ever underestimate him. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not stupid, really. He's, he's you know, if anybody knows how to play a game, he'd be it, and he'd be acting to do the bit about. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, hence Strawberry Gate. Although that's all finished now, anyway. But uh, she said, you know what? I was the one who was the most supportive of it. Darling, nobody cares about you. Nobody gives a stuff about you. You're just a wag. You're a nobody. You're a wag. You've got children. Look after them. Stay at home. Clean. Oh, you can't do that, can you now? Oh, stereotyping. 
OK, go and start driving a tractor or something. But, you know, forget this silly notion of being some sort of celebrity. It's like the people on The Apprentice. They're not celebrities. When I spoke to my guest the other day, a guest that we were talking about, uh, people like Rebecca Vardy, and he said, don't start me on that. He said, do not start me on that. He said, these people have no talent. What, she hasn't got any talent. She's got nothing. Nothing. They put them up on Sky News. Who's the one that they use? Michelle Dewberry. Hello, have you ever analysed what she says? Drivel. Drivel. It's called blanking it. It's just rubbish. And Rebecca Vardy, exactly the same. I'm sorry, dear, just having your hair done in curlers and putting some makeup on doesn't make you a celebrity nowadays. Well, it better blooming not. We want to see people with talent. People with talent. Let's just try and have it, you know, a little bit different this year, shall we? And we'll try and sort of recognise people. Uh, the good news is that Molly King and AJ have not been invited onto the, uh, the tour for Strictly which is good news. But there again, I always said she was a one-trick pony. She turned up the other day, apparently, to do the Crystal Maze Celebrity Edition. And apparently she was rubbish. Absolute rubbish. So I'm not at all surprised that she's been uh, not allowed to go on the the tour. Uh, Toss Daly called their romance the elephant in the room. It's probably a joke there somewhere. And taking part in the gig uh, will be Susan Kalman. Really? I saw, have you seen that dreadful programme? which she does on the tent. We have to try and work out who committed a crime or something. It's the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen in my entire life. Is it possible we can get her to dress up a little bit better and try and make something of herself? I mean, when she was walking past saying congratulations, she had her hands in her pockets. Disgraceful. Tea drinkers. Less likely to get glaucoma. Well, I'm drinking it. Not made any difference. We've managed to reduce the glaucoma, which is, uh, which is good news. Uh, one cup a day could stop blindness. Come on, start drinking tea. There's so many nice teas out there. I like, I like a nice cup of tea. I like a nice cup of tea in the morning. A nice cup of tea. Actually, I don't, I don't tend to drink it in the afternoon, but mornings, definitely. And so this morning is no different. You cannot beat a cup of tea. And, of course, the funny thing is, when I've learned to drink without sugar, it's, it's easy-peasy now. But I did buy something the other day, lemon juice in water. It's, it's, they call it still lemonade. It's just lemon juice in water. It's like sort of pouring out some lemon barley water or something like that. I've kept it in the fridge because I think it's quite soothing. Anything with sort of lemon in for, for your throat, I think it's got to be good news. Uh, my friend, says Hannah, put up some gorgeous outdoor decorations in a front garden, including a giant Santa, reindeer elves and pretty festive lights. Some person came and stole the lot a couple of nights ago. Her daughters were so upset. Apparently it happens frequently in Maidstone, the surrounding areas. Keep an, oh, you get people who thieve everything. Seriously, there are certain people who would drive around. And also, when you think about it, if somebody's taking lights and a Santa and reindeer and elves and all the rest of it, you've got to have some kind of truck, haven't you, to get it away. You can't pop it in the back of a, of a Mini or something like that. You're going to de- deflate the thing. So you do get people who thieve stuff. You really do. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. You could see people thieving left, right and centre all the time. Uh, Re via Gogo, says Sharon. I bought tickets for UB40 earlier in the year. Discovered Ali Campbell wasn't in the lineup. No, they, they split up ages ago, didn't they? He goes his own uh, way. Tickets were bought on their site for 153 quid. They charged me 40 quid for reselling the tickets, which I had to wait until the buyer had been to the gig before getting a refund. The tickets were bought in April only, but I got my refund this week. I had to wait until the buyer had actually been to the gig. It's confusing, isn't it, really? Uh, Steve flew into Gatwick on Monday evening from Morocco. Two degrees in the car park. Still trying to warm up at home in Devon. It's cold, isn't it? Mind you, colder up north. Colder up north. really is. Uh, I remember, says Tony, Ian Lee used to be quite quirky. Quite saddened to see the serious side of a funny man. He was never funny. 
It was never funny. It was all it was all just the act. That was the act. He sort of did it, and then it all sort of slotted in into place. But don't ever underestimate him. Don't know, you know, the public didn't. He he got as far as number three, and then he was out. And then who won it? Oh, Toffee. Who was the second person? Jamie Lomas, who turns out to be the one who was married to Kim Marsh, who apparently was in Hollyoaks and has been in EastEnders, and apparently trying to resurrect a career. Claim uh, to fame by association, I think you'll find. Uh, ticket site Axis is giving full refunds, including the handling fee money already back in my account, says Ian the trucker, all done automatically. I think Ticketmaster have not refunded the producer yet, so we can only go on Ticketmaster. Pull your fingers out, Ticketmaster. They say within 10 days. But it's an automatic thing. You don't need to prove anything. They, they've already got you on, on file. So uh, you should get your money back eventually. Uh, Steve, you're so, so right. Michelle Dubry, unwatchable addition to Sky News. She thinks she's funny, but she's about as funny as toothache, says, uh, says Lance. Oh, right. Well, actually, every time we sort of watch it, we, I have to keep saying, who is that? And they go, it's Michelle Dubry. And they go, oh, right, Michelle Dubry. It's like they use, who's the other one they use on that programme? Who's the June Sarpong. Didn't quite get that one at all. Jude Sarpong's claim to fame was she was on Channel 4. She used to go out with David Lammy. <laughs> claim to fame. Didn't know anything on uh, on Mastermind. Totally useless. And um, and then she interviewed Tony Blair, for which she gets an MBE or an OBE or something like that. Right load of old hooey, really. You know, one one trick pony, I'm afraid. See if you, uh, you should drink lemon water through a straw or the acid will rot your teeth, says uh, Rochelle. Uh, so my dentist, Tom, they all say that. Dentists tell you any old fooey, don't they? Listen, you'd have to... It's like somebody said to me once, and uh, and it, here comes today's bit of information. Somebody said, eat oranges. I bought oranges because they've got vitamin C. You would need to eat an orange grove for it to have any effect on you and getting a cold. If you're going to get a cold, you're going to pick it up, whether you've had the flu jab or nothing else. This Australian flu which is doing the rounds at the moment. Everybody's got it. In fact, I walked outside of it not, not 10 minutes ago, about 15 minutes ago, and the cleaner, as I walked past her, went, Achoo! I went, oh, bless you. She, went, she sneezed four times. I thought, she's got it now as well. Because the trouble is, if you're all in the same building, you're all going to pick it up. You know, it's just one of those sort of things. So, uh, you know, hot lemon is good for you. Hot lemon. Yay! So excited. Paul Smith is so excited. He's going to his first gig tonight, which is lovely, at the O2. But, what, first... Not your first... Oh, you've sold programmes before. Oh, good. So, anyway, he's, he's going down. He's got a job at the O2. Keep him tied in over Christmas. He's going to see Pitong. Would he be dancing? Oh, yeah, acid, acid. He's going to be doing all this kind of thing. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. So, did you get any gossip from upstairs? Did we get any gossip? Yeah, you're such a fibber. We know you didn't. Right. In here now. We're going to take a very quick break. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. A lot of people telling me about uh, buying their tickets and trying to get refunds. Some people are very quick on getting refunds. Some company. This is for the Peter K tickets or any other tickets that you bought. Some companies are a little bit slow. A little bit slow. Uh, Steve, apart from being bullied, what other issues would I need to be a celebrity or reality star? Well, it seems to me... That when you read about somebody, I'm sure that they say to them, listen, tell us about your life. What happened? So bullying comes comes fairly high, fairly high. But I don't think being bullied makes you a celebrity. I would hate to think it made you a celebrity. I mean, there's a bloke on the television at the moment. He's a convicted bank robber. 
and he's now a celebrity uh, reality person. And uh, and you look at some of them. I mean, that, that Jack Maynard, that vile creature, the homophobic racist, apparently is laughing at it all over the internet. You know, he says, oh, I'll probably go back to I'm a celebrity. I blooming well hope not, pal. I really hope not. I don't like people like you, I'm afraid. You might think it's all a big, a big joke. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a big joke at all. Um, also, disability benefit appeals are at a record high. 68% of all those who ask a tribunal for personal independence win their case. God. But mind you, we still see people cheating the system, don't we? People who say, oh, I, I can barely walk. I can barely... Then you see them picking up, you know, shovel loads of all the rest of it. It's like, you know, people... It's obviously quite easy to fool people. They go, oh. It's like, you know, you see whiplash. You can't ever prove whiplash. There's no test that proves you've got whiplash. It's really, really quite bad, really. And, um... And so that's why you get people. That's why you'll be angry when you read some of the stories in the newspapers. Because it's people who just don't want to do any work and just get paid for doing nothing. And then they go, oh, I forgot to inform, you know, whoever it is about my change of circumstances. No, you didn't, you lying little toe rags. You never forgot at all. Really didn't. Uh, Amanda Holden's visited a Syrian refugee camp. And, um, you know, you could have sent somebody. You might as well send Amanda Holden. You'd probably send just about anybody out there, can't you, really? That was always the worrying thing, wasn't it? You're there and you're living on a dump in India or something like that. Who hoves, hoves into view? Sarah Ferguson. And you go, who's that? And they go, I don't know. Well, she's come here to be filmed with you, to make it look as though, you know, people really care. Because people do care at Christmas. I don't know why it's just at Christmas. It goes on all the time. shouldn't just be Christmas. Uh, another one here, uh, talking about... Um, uh, sites giving full refunds. It's a very... Co- I didn't realise how complicated it was, actually. I, I really didn't uh, realise. Apparently, the best thing for cold, hot toddy, honey, hot water and whiskey. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, does it work for everybody? No. But when I was little, if I had a cold coming, because we, the only thing we had in our medicine chest in the in the, the bathroom was Beecham's powders. So you'd have a Beecham's. It never did any good. You still got the cold anyway. You just bought the Beecham's powder and you undid the little packet, poured the powder in, mixed it with a bit of water. The only thing that really worked for me was uh, was hot whiskey. Uh, sorry, hot milk with whiskey in it and a bit of sugar. And you'd sip that and that was really quite nice. Because when you get a cold, it's miserable. I don't have a cold. I've just got a slightly sore throat. But I mean, I, as I say, I know, I know what you're feeling like. I know what you're feeling like. Oh, look, a picture of Michelle Keegan. Why don't you just knuckle down and do some work, dear? Apparently, she spent months filming thousands of miles away from her home comfort. Oh, such a tough life being an actress, dear. Why don't you go and get a job in Tesco stacking shelves? Stop moaning about it. God, what a privileged lifestyle, and you drone on about it. Apparently, she spent weeks on end working in exotic locations such as Nepal and South Africa for uh, after the spell away from luxurious bathrooms. What, don't they have hotels in South Africa? Don't they have hotels in the poor? Like, oh, God's wallop, isn't it, really? The 30-year-old actress leapt at the chance to wallow in foamy bubbles and then take a picture and send it to you all. Thrilled, I'm sure you must be, ladies and gentlemen. Why do these people moan about something? Cosseted, pampered, overpaid and average. And that just sums about uh, quite a number of people. It's like, well, they had a picture today in, uh, what was it? it, was online, I think, of Frankie Essex. The star, they said, of Made in Essex. She was dropped from the programme ages ago. Lack of interest. Nobody cares about her. Why we've still got Arge and uh, Gemma Collins, God alone knows. And Bobby Cole Norris. He's going to be the old maid stuck in Brentwood, isn't he? 
be sitting there going, oh, I did this, I did that. And generally we go, yeah, the GC tree, and we got this, and I'm with Arge now, I've got baby. All that. That'll be the next thing, I bet you. That's what she needs. It's the next part of the of the plan to try and make her into some sort of personality. But when you meet her, you suddenly realise it's about as boring as a plank. Sir, if you were stuck in the middle of Sherwood Forest, there'd be more entertainment and more conversation. So all these people go on there. Even Michelle Dubry, she was just on The Apprentice. And you know what a bunch of deadbeats they are. I mean, dear Lord, you watch them. They go, I'm living the dream. Yeah, I do this. I'm, I'm my own manager and I've got a company. Well, it turns out they sort of, they pack party gifts or something like that. It's all a load of old cobs, what But uh, we, like, we like reading about it, don't we? Because we have a good laugh. We have a good laugh at it. It's like Meghan Markle. So she's going to marry Prince Harry. I think they'll then disappear. I don't think that the British public are going to take to her so much. You know, we'll have the wedding and that'll be fine. And that's it. I just, you know, what, what is she going to do? Is she going to... She hasn't managed to do any of the things that he's done. I don't even know where she is at the moment. But if they're engaged, she's managed to skip about four different engagements. She didn't turn up to the Grenfell fire thing. You know, if they're engaged, why is she not out with him? What is she doing? Is she shopping or something? What, what is it? We need to be told. We need to be told these things. Uh, Steve, the best disability cure is a Ryanair flight to Tenerife. I've just seen three go on in wheelchairs and the same three walk off when landing. We used to get that on flights, but I've taken flights before. It's very funny. And they go, you know, and you say, I need a wheelchair to get off. Because then you get to the front of the queue. And you go off there. And you get a lot of people. It's like, what was I seeing a short while ago? It must have been a programme on the television which had a load of people. It was one of these places like Benidorm. It wasn't the series. It was just the place. And it was all these people on these uh, mobility scooters. I mean, seriously. You know, very shortly they'll have doubles, don't they? You know, double mobility scooters sort of tacked together or something like that. Uh, TV's Fern cashing in on the acid hell. The people who were affected by her ex-boyfriend. This is the one who was growing cannabis at home and uh, lied through his teeth about everything. A piece of filth of the worst kind. And um, and they're saying, why is it all about her? She's making a TV programme because she's up the duff. She's going to have a baby. So we've got a programme about being single mother and how dreadful it's been for her. Yeah, dreadful for those poor people. But uh, they've literally just accused her of sort of cashing in. On it, because I mean, I couldn't care. A woman gives birth to baby in Essex. Hold your hands up. Absolute deep shock, ladies and gentlemen. Not really. Not really. It happens all the time, doesn't it? it happens all the time. Other stories of the paper: the uh, of the solar system, like ours. It doesn't mean when it. But they say it's like ours. It doesn't mean there's, you know, M4, M3, M27, M11, and all the rest of it, and people driving up and down. Um, also, let's toast the uh, undermining the will of the people. It's the the Brexit rebels. And here they all are. The Prime Minister, they say, could back down on the exit date. Uh, a car firm claims it'll get you flying next year. I don't think... I'd, listen, I'd, it's bad enough with some people driving, let alone flying. You imagine you're sitting in a traffic jam, all of a sudden the car in front of you, get zzz, and wings come out from the side and it takes off. Ridiculous. You'd have to get all sorts of licences. I mean, would you have to have a private pilot's licence? I'm assuming yes. Imagine accidents over sort of central London... I think uh, not the best thing at all. Um, the best uh, ever, Strictly. 11 million watched it. Debbie McGee, not very well at the moment. She's sort of suffering. I think she's got a bit of a bit of a cold, bit of a flu bug. It's doing the rounds. It's horrible, it's horrible, it's horrible. And uh, nobody likes it. Uh, also, also, uh, techs writing off Christmas cards. I use a company called Jackie Lawson. And she does animated cards. And you pay a subscription... Of, I can't remember, it's very cheap. And you can put in on your bank 
all the different cards you want to send and on which particular day. You pick the card and then it sends it to somebody. I've had loads. Of, somebody sent me one years and years ago and I thought it was so cheap I'd join up. And I haven't sent one for ages, but I was, I was sending loads to people. And you open it up and it's an animated card. It plays music. And then at the end, it's got your words. You know, Steve wishes you a very, very Merry Christmas. And you personalise anything you like. It's very clever. Very clever. So I, I quite fancy that idea. because, But I still like Christmas cards. Physically, I like receiving Christmas cards. I think that's a nice thing to do. Uh, the slapstick humour of the pantomime has amused... Generations, parents giggling and innuendos and all over the place. One mother yesterday claimed a show she attended with her family was so rude it wiped the smile right off her face. Natalie Wood said Dick Whittington, starring John Barrowman and the Crankies, contained disgusting lines and inappropriate behaviour. The whole show was very sexualized, she says. John Barrowman sat Jimmy Cranky on his knee and started fondling her breasts. He then takes his hand off and she puts them back on again, as if to say, I was enjoying that. Yeah, but she's playing a boy. She's playing a little boy. That's the whole idea, love. I don't know whether you're aware of that. That's the whole idea of the Crankies. He played, you know, wee Jimmy Cranky is playing a boy. So he's not playing a woman. But uh, anyway, Miss Wood, a swimming instructor from Oldham, bought tickets for the weekend shows at the Manchester Opera House as a treat for her fiancé, Robert Titherington, and her sister. They had six children with them, ranging from three to twelve, I've never been to a pantomime where I felt so uncomfortable, she said. There's always one, isn't there? There's always one. Imagine if you were sitting next to her. Oh, God. She said she was offended rather than amused. And uh, she said uh, constant references to Dick. Well, it's Dick Whittington, dear. What do you expect? It's a double entendre. I mean, surely you have got some sort of intelligence. Anyway, she then sent an email to the uh, organisers calling for the show to be stopped. Oh, shut up. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> Goodness sake, it's just a bit of innuendo. It's a pantomime. Our family is disgusted. No, no, dear, you were. You were. Speaking for yourself. It's ruined our Christmas panto outing. Oh, God. Your Christmas must be very shallow. And uh, she said, and left us feeling uncomfortable and concerned about what the children were exposed to. I bet they laughed. I bet they laughed. Everybody laughs at things like that. On Facebook... Uh, Somebody called Anna says, we went Saturday and laughed from start to finish. My seven-year-old is still telling the jokes and laughing about it. Panto is about tongue-in-cheek and a bit of innuendo. A spokesman for Kudos and Manchester Opera House said, in keeping with the tradition of pantomime, the script does make use of double entendres. None of the humour within the show is intended to cause offence. It's just a bit of fun, darling. It's a bit of fun. Just enjoy it for what it is, for goodness sake, honestly. Get over yourself. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 26 minutes to six. It's Friday morning. It's the weekend. You can go, yeah. Actually, I'm sure next week the kids are on holiday. So you get them hanging around your neck while you're trying to finish your Christmas shopping. Because I bet you, this will be the last Saturday, won't it? Is this the last Saturday? Or is it another Saturday? Right. Right, we think the school's finished at the end of next week. And so uh, people will be going out, still getting their Christmas trees and still getting presents and still wrapping and still trying. It just, it does all happen a bit quickly, doesn't it, really? But not really, because we've been telling you about it for ages and ages and ages. Don't forget vitamin D to get rid of the sore throat, says Nick. Oh, listen, I've tried everything. And somebody says here, try ginger and apple juice from Pret. Absolutely not. Apple juice? What are you mad? I'm a diabetic. And have things like that. Uh, listening to you in Vegas... Need any shirts, says Martin. No, thank you. I'm quite, quite good for shirts at the moment. Uh, I'm looking online for a new vacuum, but they're a bit pricey, says Gary. Could you send me one of your spare ones? I don't have any spare ones, I told you. I want all of them. 
I don't have any spare ones at all, even as an act of goodwill. Uh, one here that says, I got refunded by Ticketmaster when Culture Club cancelled their tour. However, I paid for postage and never received that. That's the same as when you buy something online. You know, they say you can buy this mattress. If you don't like it within 60 days, send it back to get the uh, full cost of the item. They're not refunding the postage. You pay for the postage. They're not refunding that. They've had to send it to you in the first place. So they don't mind refunding the cost of the item. But uh, uh, I wrote to them, but I didn't get any reply. Ticketmaster uh, kept the money. Well, it depends what you have to read the small print on all of these things. On all of these things, there will be small, small wording, which will tell you exactly what you're entitled to if, uh, if something gets cancelled and then you can go again. I was always told, whether it's true or not, I don't know, this could be an apocryphal story, that if you go to a West End show and the star fails to appear and the star's name is above the title of the production, you get your money back because you've bought to see the star of the show. And if they're not appearing, if their names are under the title of the actual show, well, then you don't get your money back because you've just accepted a contract, really. But if, if you've booked to see a particular... I mean, I can imagine if you'd booked to see a particular person in Panto and you get there and they're not on that particular night because not everybody does all the shows. You know, sometimes the stars will only do, you know, four out of eight performances or something like that. Other times, it'll say on it. It's, you can always tell when you buy a programme... And there's a piece of paper inside and it tells you, you know, the part of Dick will be played by whoever, something like that. And uh, thank goodness no placards or protests at Peterborough for Sleeping Beauty. You can't, I've never seen Sleeping Beauty, not as a, not as a pantomime. Is it a, is it a good You know, it's got to have slapstick. If it's got John Barrowman in, it's going to be rude. If it's got the crankies in, it's going to be rude. But it's just an innuendo. You know, but I promise you, mummy or whoever's children you, you took to this thing, seeing she's a miss and she's a swimming instructor. Listen, you know, kids are way ahead of you nowadays. They're way ahead of you. They've heard all the words before. They know all the swear words. They know exactly where babies come from. They're not going to be sort of, you know, put off by, you know, any jokes about trouser stuff and things like that. They're not, they're not put off by that. The only people who are bothered are the parents. And seriously, I've had one complaint on that panto, and that's been running for a few days now. One complaint. Quite clearly, nobody's on your side, dear. Quite clearly. But, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But then what they should do is ask the kids privately, did you like the panto? If they go, yes, you go, you're out on a limb. You're out on a limb, love. They're three to 12 years old. They understand far more than you. I learnt that with my godchildren a long, long time ago. You think you're being very clever, shielding them from words. They hear them at school. Hear it at school, they hear it all, they hear it on the bus, they hear it everywhere nowadays. I love the programme on the television which linked up four-year-olds um, with old-age pensioners. They actually took them into an old folks' home and uh, they linked them all up again and they become like their grandparents. They might have grandparents, they might not have grandparents, but these are extra grandparents. And it's really lovely, actually. And, um, and it's, it's very sweet because to see children bonding with older people. You know, people who are sitting in a home. It can't be much fun if you're sitting in an old people's home. I hate that expression, but nevertheless, that's what, we, that's what we call them in this country. And so when you get people who go in there, it's like you can get pat dogs, can't you? Dogs that go in there so that people can pat them. That's what they call pat dogs. And uh, that's quite a nice thing as well. I like that. I like that. Because it must be so boring. You get up in the morning, you leave your bedroom, you go and sit in a chair downstairs, you fall asleep. And that's it. There's no sort of quality of life as such. You know, so to take children in there, and the children get all sorts of, you know, somebody will read them a story. They love stories. They love things like that. That really is absolutely, you know, the best thing ever. 
Um, I blame a fraud pair for the death of my stepfather, says Soapstar. The Soapstar is Susie Blake. You'll know Susie from, from television, from all sorts of things. But anyway, she's accused fraudsters of causing the death of her stepfather with a building works scam. Two people, Martin Sweeney and Lee Murphy. I think you only have to look at a picture of them to realise that they're wrong-uns. Uh, they targeted the elderly. That's what they do. They target the elderly. They bumped into this uh, particular gentleman on Hammersmith Bridge. In September of last year, Hammersmith Bridge is just one of the many bridges that cross the Thames. Wearing high-vis jackets, they told this elderly man who was 96, called Victor Platt, that they heard his home had been flooded. They uh, got his name and address, followed him home and knocked on the door, offering to carry out repairs. Uh, when he was led outside to examine some pipes, one of them, Mr Sweeney, diluted some soup that was on the stove and threw it onto the ceiling, thus trying to insinuate that there was a leak coming through, OK? And, um, anyway, uh, the pensioner believed it was a leak due to poor sight. Sweeney said he'd make some calls and send somebody that day to assess the damage. He pestered Mr Platt with phone calls and only stopped when Miss Blake arrived. The 67-year-old, who also starred with Victoria Wood, said, I found Victor very agitated. I could hear him talking about money with them. He passed the phone to me. I said I was his stepdaughter and they hung up because they're crooks, because they're bent, because they target the elderly. He had a white stick. He was a rear gunner in the Second World War. Uh, he became listless. Uh, but anyway, the two people concerned here, Sweeney, Martin Sweeney, a crook, uh, who comes from Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire, and Mr Murphy, Mr Lee Murphy, of Crawley were jailed for four years and three months and four years plus an additional 12 months, respectively, at Isleworth Crown Court. They targeted six elderly people. They just took advantage of them. I hope you rot in prison. People like you are the scum of the earth. But uh, I'm sure you've got families and I'm sure they're looking forward to not spending Christmas with you. I'm sure the rest of the country breathes a sigh of relief. Thank you very much indeed. People who target the elderly, I mean, it really is. It's the most disgusting, the lowest thing you could ever, ever do. Do you know that youth knife crime to ruin your day, is apparently the highest since 2009. I'm not at all surprised. There was somebody stabbed in a nightclub the other day. Pe people go out carrying... Don't they have some sort of check system to go into nightclubs? I'm sorry, um, you've got a knife on you. Have I? Yeah, of course you have. What are you doing in there? So this bloke was stabbed in a night... He died. And he stabbed the once, he died. Took him to hospital, he was dead. Not good. Uh, there's also a sex clip, which is uh, doing... The rounds uh, at um, at schools. This, I tell you, it was all different in my day. Before we had mobile phones, nobody worried about things like that. You had to do a drawing. Well, that wasn't half as exciting, was it? But this has got all sorts of uh, images, which is uh, doing the... They've also charged a man with it. And um, so once one person gets it, they then send it on to other pe people. And then some people send it to everybody in their in their book, on their list, on their phone book. And before you know where you are, you've got sort of something that's gone viral. And uh, in this case, they found the person, they think, behind it. But uh, they're warning parents. Do parents know what's on their children's phone? Do you know what's on your children's phone? I bet you don't. I bet you haven't got the faintest idea. I'm not even sure what's on my phone, actually, apart from lots of phones, numbers of celebrities and things like that. And, um, and that's it. It's not very exciting, my phone. I, I do have pictures, but a picture of a Christmas tree is not exactly going to set the world on fire, is it? Do you remember the bloke who was driving the bus? And uh, he sent the double-decker into a father, sent him flying. He said, I meant to put my foot on the brake, but he put it on the accelerator instead. And this bloke got sort of hurled through the air, which was not very good at all. 
Uh, also, uh, the locals uh, near George Michael's house, they're, uh, they're a bit torn at the moment because a lot of people want to put up a statue to George Michael. I was watching the other day, they were doing a thing on uh, last Christmas and everything else, and then they were doing Band-Aid and Do They Know It's Christmas? And all the people on there. And, of course, one of them was, was George Michael. It seemed funny to sort of watch it. In the same way I was watching a programme about it. It was another one of these compilation things where they get a load of people you've never heard of. They put down so-and-so, so-and-so, comedian. And you go, well, I've never heard of you. Never heard of you at all. And um, and it turned out that it was... Uh, it was... Uh, what was I saying? I can't what I was saying now, actually. That's right. Oh, that's the George, George Michael thing. And then on the other one, they had Keith Chegwin on it. It seems so strange, because it must have only been done, you know, about a year ago. If uh, if that nice piece in the uh, the mail today, uh, boosting up the musical in town, the hot show, and uh, this is Hamilton, Hamilton, the hottest ticket in town. It's the hottest ticket. They say hardly sounds like box office gold. It's a rap musical. Tickets for the London show they say are selling for six grand each. Load of old cod's wallop. You might find somebody if somebody's willing or stupid enough to pay six thousand pound for a ticket. They've got more money than cents. But uh, that's how you keep a show going. You try and say, oh, it's so difficult to get a ticket for it. It's so diff- like, difficult to get tickets for Peter Kay. Still none the wiser. There's nothing on Peter Kay in today's papers. Absolutely nothing at all. I was hoping that there might be some sort of hint. But then I'm thinking, no, I don't want to know. Actually, I do want to know. I do want to know. Because if it's something serious, I think we should be, should we, we should be told about it. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Harvey Weinstein, I mentioned earlier on, says he didn't make Selma do a sex scene. The film is about a bisexual woman. It's obviously going to figure in it. It was in the script. She says she went into a breakdown afterwards. I wasn't there, so I don't know. Who's wearing Christmas jumpers today? Apparently everybody, because it's Christmas jumper day. I completely forgot about it. I gave mine to my brother, actually. I didn't even bother taking them out of the packet. I just said, oh, there you go, some Christmas jumpers. He was thrilled. Sorry? Have the news team done well? Have they really? I might have to take a sneaky peek a little bit uh, later on. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's a shame, actually. The other day, Victoria Beckham went out with Dave, the most miserable couple in the world. Why you cannot be happy? I've got no idea. She went out dressed in red. The trouble is, she's so emaciated and thin. I mean, seriously, her waist is like nothing. Could you get your hands round it? She was like, doing some some bash at uh, at a store, I think. But uh, as I say, again, looking so miserable. I don't know why. Why would you not be happy? Do you think they ever laugh? We know she does. We know she can. It's just it doesn't seem to do it very often. I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, Panto Woman's kids were 11 and 12. Must have been their first day out or exposed to life on Earth. She got her four minutes of fame anyway, says Dave. It's, I just don't kind of understand why you'd say it's ruined. The Panto should be taken off. It's ruined our festive... No, it just ruined yours. You're one of moaning Marys in this world who go out to a Panto. Everybody knows what Panto is. It's rude. It's supposed to be rude. We like it rude. We like it near the knuckle. It's seaside humour. It's, you know, 12 miles to London, still no sign of dick, you know, and all that kind of, you know, it's just, it's just funny. You know, if you, if you don't have a sense of humour and you're really as boring as a swimming instructor, you know, you need to get out a bit more. Go out to theatre, watch videos, watch television, come into the real world, you know, because, you know, nobody would have found that offensive apart from you. There'd be thousands of people in the theatre and you're the only one. Kind of get the feeling you're out on a limb. Kind of get the feeling maybe you're out of kilter with everybody else. If, I mean, you must know what panto is. You can't be that daft, surely. Ruined Christmas, ruined your life. Oh, just stay in dear and eat soup. Makes it so much easier. It's supposed to be like that. That's what it is. 
I'm sure there'll be little asides. Well, in fact, in every panto there are asides. There's always naughty little bits in there. Sometimes it goes a little bit, you know, too naughty, and then you go, oh, maybe not. Change it for the next one. They might have been having a bad day. Might have been their second show. Who knows? Could be all sorts of reasons. Either way, nobody else thought, you know, that it was offensive. You're the only one. Perhaps they should sort of warn you. This show's got innuendo in it. Hello, dear. But perhaps her, her name should be put around the box offices to say, listen, you better tell her because she'll only complain about it. You don't want somebody to complain, do you, really? You want somebody to, to go out and, in, and enjoy something. But uh, she's obviously one of those. It's like the woman... The woman? The, the woman on the front of the sun today. This is the benefits mum. <clears throat> she obviously loves the publicity. I'm sure you're revelling in your five minutes, darling. I'd never heard of you before. I don't want to hear from you ever again. I couldn't give a stuff. I really don't care. She's, uh, she's got six kids. She's 29. Must be barely out of the bedroom, I should imagine, really. But anyway, she's, uh, she's not working. She can't. And so she's on benefits. So she's saved up a bit from her benefits each month. And she's bought presents for her six kids. You know, do what you like with your money, darling. I could spend it on weed as far as I couldn't care less. I really, but don't ram it down people's throats. Really do not do that because they're going to hate you. You know, they're going to hate you for the wrong reason. You know, she says here, she's basic. She thinks she's really clever. And uh, it's ding dole merrily on high. My kids shouldn't miss out because we're on benefits. When, when did anybody ever say that, dear? You're one of these fantasists, aren't you? You make things up in your mind. You're obviously an attention seeker. And you're obviously somebody who enjoys the publicity because she popped up on this morning. And that's why people don't like her. Don't go, why, why did you go on television, dear? Why did you go on television? That was a bit stupid, wasn't it? Somebody should have advised you properly. You know, you want to spend two grand. I couldn't care less. That's what you want to do with your money. I just object to having to pay people dole money. She says, just because we're on benefits. No, you're on benefits. Don't drag it round to everybody else. You know, what I'd like to find out is, I mean, are all your six children with the same person? Or have you got various partners that you've had? Why are they not paying for Christmas? Have you just got yourself pregnant so you can have loads of children? I mean, what's the story? Come on, you should tell us. We need to know these things. She says, I want to go back to work, but it's currently better for me not to do so. I wouldn't make enough. There you go. You see, it's what it comes down to. We're obviously overpaying her. Obviously overpaying her. But she's got all these kids. They go from 17 to 22 months. So the last one was fairly recent. But, uh, and I don't know. She said, um, it's nice to have Christmas, so don't criticise us. Nobody's interested in you. Why do you think people are interested in you? They're not. It's only because you go on television and start sort of... Uh, oh, she gets a carer's allowance for her husband. She lives in Hampshire. Her husband's an ex-bricklayer. He apparently doesn't uh, work either. And um, some complain that many hard-working families would struggle to provide such a lavish Christmas. Yeah, but bear in mind, she saved this every month. She's not just sort of got two grand out of all that's quite easy to get, as you can well imagine. And uh, so she's got all sorts of games, consoles and stuff like that. Uh, she spends £300 a child. £300 seems a little bit excessive for a 22-month-old, but there you go. She says, I will defend everybody on benefits who is trying, like me, to make Christmas special. It's only just spending money, love. It's not, it doesn't mean anything. Christmas doesn't mean anything apart from to people like you. She says, anybody on benefits is entitled to spend the cash on what they want. Yes, it's great. You spend it on what? I couldn't care less. I've already said that. But don't go on television and ram it down people's throats. Really, because it makes you look a bit silly. You know, a Tory here, Andrew Rosendale said, it's a flagrant abuse of the generosity of our benefits system. It's not really. Nobody says when you get the benefits what you spend the money on. You can spend it on anything you like. If she chooses to save 50 quid a month and at the end of the year she's got, you know, a few thousand quid, 
well, then she can spend it on what she wants. If she chooses to spend it on Christmas, that's her, her business. But don't, uh, don't try and sort of make it into something it's not really, dear. It's just you spending money. And um, they say that they need, uh, you know, somebody to cut back on people's benefits. But if that's what the benefit is, then she gets it. This is how it's made up. This is what she gets per week here. This might make you feel slightly queasy. She gets housing benefit, 260 quid a week. She gets child benefit, £89 a week. Child tax credit, £275 a week. Income support, £106. Carer's allowance for husband, £62.10 a week. And PIP for Claire, £75, which adds up to 867 quid a week. So approximately about... So if you're working at... Just say, this, we'll sort of round it up, shall we? To 900 quid a week. 3,600 a month? Should you really be having that many children? A little bit late now, I realise. But, I mean, did you not think about this before? Did you not think about it? That's why people don't like you. It's because, you know, you're sitting there with a big grin on your face, surrounded by sort of presents and holding presents. You know, well enough to do that, dear. Well enough to go to this morning. Well enough to do something, surely. Surely you can contribute. But, of course, it doesn't pay enough money, does it? So it's easier just to sit back and say, let's wait for everybody to give it to us. But what you spend it on is your business. I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't care less. Uh, Steve, my 47-year-old girlfriend got asked for ID in Costco for vodka tasting, says Dave. What a fibber you are. Nobody's ever asked for ID in Costco. Honestly, there's lies and then there's people called Dave. Uh, Paul says, nice to have you back. I don't have to watch Victor Meldrew to get my daily moaning. Good posh should cheer herself up by turning to your show every morning. Sarah Harding's been uh, complaining. There's still no sign of any... Where is Sarah Harding? Where's she gone? She's disappeared. There was another career gone. And she was going to resurrect herself. She was going to... Oh, finished with the boyfriend, didn't it? Yeah, because I'm, like, in love with him. Like, after give me a drink, I love him a lot. And then, and then she appeared on television, and then she just got worse and worse on the alcohol. And then she swore. And then she swore quite a lot. And uh, not doing panto. You can't really trust her to do anything, really. So, so she sort of disappeared. I suppose still waiting for that new hope. I mean, I don't know what you can do with her. Mind you, Kerry Katona's vanished, doesn't she? That's the best news of the year. All we need now is uh, Katie Price. That'll be very, very good news. And who else do we want to see the back of this year? Well, we're, I know that you're looking forward to the Peter Andre list of the dates. And as soon as I get the dates for his tour, rescheduled for next year in Australia, I shall let you have them on LBC. Because I don't want you to miss out. I do have a few people listening. Well, all right, one. Uh, who's a fan of Peter Andre. And uh, I'm sure you would travel to the ends of the earth to see Peter Andre. I personally wouldn't, but I mean, I've, I've met the fan. I've, I've, yeah, I have. I've met the fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some people that really like Peter Andre, although he has disappeared. There's not really a lot you can do with Peter Andre. He's sort of done, he's now, he's a middle-aged man. You know, he isn't this sort of Peter Andre the pop star. He's, uh, what is he, 44 now. So, I mean, practically out to grass. I hope he's saved all his money. I hope he's saved his money. I hope his agent's working overtime. Because I've, I've been checking the Christmas schedules. I haven't seen his name anywhere. I've checked the LBC schedules. I see my name quite a lot. So I don't, I don't really know what we do with Peter Andre. I don't really know where he goes from here. Is it? Oh, he might be doing panto. I never thought about that. He could, because he could definitely... He could definitely do Dick Whittington. Definitely. I would have no shadow of doubt with putting him in that. I'm sure he could play a lamppost or a building or something. It must be. I don't know. He must do panto, mustn't he? Can't be that difficult. Unless he goes home for... I don't know. 
I would have thought, though, Peter Andre doing Panto. That would be very good. Uh, another one here. Thank you for making me aware of good stuff, such as Darren Brown's Happy and Ricky Gervais's film over the year. Any other good stuff recommended for Christmas, says Jess? Me. Me. <laughs> See, what on earth did this woman expect? Does she really not know what Panto is? Offended? Bless her. She should stay at home. Well, she should stay at home because she's got to look after uh, all these people. This oh, The woman for Panto, I see what you mean. Um... Well, she went out. She's a swimming instructor. She said, I don't, I don't know anything about swimming instructors. They just teach you to stay afloat, I suppose. And, uh, and she was offended by it. She was very offended. In fact, she was so offended, she wrote to Kudos, the company behind it, to say it should be pulled. One person, the whole theatre. You know, it's, I, just, I never understand people like that. Are they just the people who just sort of want a bit of attention? They're just sort of a little bit, you know, Rebecca Vardy. You know, I'm going to go on television, and then people accuse her of bullying Ian Lee... And then she goes, I'm not a bully. I was his biggest fan and all this kind of... A load of old rubbish afterwards. You know, five minutes has finished, Becky. All right, darling, thank you. Go back where you came from. Bye. Take half the apprentice people with you and anybody from Essex or Made in Chelsea. Georgie Toffee, you can stay well out of the limelight. Thank you very much indeed. Because I don't think there's anything going on there. Do you remember a, a while ago we had Spencer Matthews? You remember Spencer? How we remember Spencer Matthews. Anyway, he, uh, he was hoping for presenting jobs on television. As what? I can't imagine. He has nothing in common with anybody at all. And the one thing you've got to have on television as a presenter is a connection. You've got to connect to the audience. The audience have got to identify you with it. So they identify with cooks on the television. Some cooks we don't identify with on the television. But a lot of chefs we identify with. But nobody connected with Spencer Matthews. Nobody at all. And he's what? He's... I mean, Scarlett Moffat is getting the work. But I reckon this time next year we'll, we'll be talking about... I wonder what she's doing now. It's a, it's a thin, you know, she's doing that God's Gift programme, isn't she, or something else. I mean, I just think it's, it's kind of run out of steam before it's gone anywhere. But, you know, very sweet to see her sort of popping up occasionally. Anyway, I hope you're wearing your jumper to work today because it's wear your Christmas jumper. I am not wearing a Christmas jumper. I don't want you to sort of hold me to ransom for not... I completely forgot. You know, when you're trying to preserve your voice, the last thing you're thinking about is, am I wearing a... If, if Jamie Oliver turns up in a Christmas jumper, I'm going to turn the lights off. I've decided. He might not turn up in a Christmas jumper. Please, God, he doesn't. I shall feel so silly. I think I've dressed quite conservatively today, actually. I'm not even wearing a Hawaiian shirt, which is very unusual, mainly because we're still holding it all together. Anyway, it's lovely to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. With you till 7 o'clock this Friday morning. It's the 15th of December. We get ever nearer the magic day when you can open your prezzies and go, oh, not that again. I never wanted a bread maker. But you might do this year. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Five past six is the time you should be wearing... I know, I know, I know, I know. I've fallen into the trap of saying you should be wearing your Christmas jumper today. Producer's not. He's not wearing his Christmas jumper. I don't think he's got a Christmas jumper, have you? Have you got one? He did actually forget. I actually completely forgot about it until I got in. And then Ashley... Uh, one of our lovely ladies out there, is wearing a super jumper with Christmas puddings all over it in strategic places. And uh, it's a, I've never seen one like it. It's a lovely, lovely jumper. Lovely jumper. And I did have some Christmas jumpers, but I didn't wear one today. I don't know why I put a shirt on. Not my sort of thing at all. I mean, I, well, obviously I do wear shirts, but uh, slightly formal today. I think I've done it for Jamie Oliver. I don't know why. I certainly didn't do it for myself. Unless I thought maybe it's a bit chilly out there today. But at least it's Friday and it's good. Uh, makes me mad, says Rich. So the Dolly mum had a first child at 12? I don't think so. The disability must be failure to listen to sex education. Uh, he said it makes me mad. I think what, what she's done is she's, she's 
by drawing attention to herself, she's made it worse. She's made it worse. I don't, I mean, you know, perhaps because she's been on television, people then criticise her. So they've kind of manufactured a story about it. You watch. There'll be an agent going, um, I, I can handle you. We can put you up on television. Pro. You, perhaps you can write a book about being, you know, not working and spending two grand on Christmas, which I do not have a problem with. If somebody, it's like me, you know, if I earn, you know, 20 quid a day and I choose to save a pound a day, then when I come to Christmas, I can spend, you know, all the money I've set. That's my business. She gets benefits. There's loads of other people like that as well. I should imagine if you can manage to do it. She doesn't drink, she says. So she puts aside 50 quid every month or week or whatever it happens to be. And then she saves up and then she can splash out at Christmas. All this baloney she's giving us, all this claptrap about, you know, my kids shouldn't be deprived Christmas. Nobody's ever said they shouldn't be deprived Christmas. It's a case of, you know, every time you see dreary old Katie Price turning up on Loose Women, she's going, yeah, I just want to put the record straight. But nobody cares about her. Nobody cares. They really do not care. The oldest is, is, is 11. Incident. No, the, no, the oldest is 17. The oldest is 17. She's got a 17-year-old, it says here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, she's what the kids are getting. Oh, no, sorry, 11. Sorry, you're right. Stephen's 11. He's getting a PS4. I don't even know what these things are. A, oh, it's a video games console. He's also getting Lego. It's a bit old, 11 for Lego. I don't know what age Lego is. Clothes and pound shop toys. They don't know pound shop toys. What they've done, though, she's basically exposed the children to this. You know, she says, I don't drink, I don't go out every weekend, I don't take drugs, I hardly buy anything, everything's for the children. That's fine. I said, we don't have an, a problem. She basically says, anybody who has an opinion can just off. But then don't sit yourself on television, dear. There's loads of people like, like you. We know you're out of work. We know you can't work, so you tell us. There must be something you can do, though. I mean, can't, you can't do anything at all. You just, you manage to go out and buy presents and do wrapping and all the rest of it. So you're living a fairly normal life. You know, she doesn't like it, and so she budgets 300 quid a child. When she adds in food, games and drink, it comes in at 2,500. She says, I refuse to be criticised for spending... Nobody's criticised. Nobody gives a stuff about you. Get it through your thick head. We don't care. It's people like you who put yourself up on television, and she says, people have no right to look down their noses. Who's looking down their noses? Nobody cares about you. Or demand we spend the money the way they want. You're just being stupid. Obviously not the brightest person we've ever featured on the programme. But, you know, you do what you want with it. It's your benefit money. You want to go and blow it all on puff or whatever. You just do what you like with it. I couldn't care less. But don't sit on television and tell us what you think we're thinking. Because you don't know. You're not bright enough for that. Nobody looks down their noses at you. There's loads of people on benefit. Don't look down their noses at you. We just want to get you off benefits. It's just, you know, you're just being ridiculous. You just need to grow up, try and be an adult. But uh, another one here says, uh, let's hope the Panto woman's kids don't get the DVD of pa Captain Pugwash. Oh, don't even go there, for goodness sake. Why they've never done Pugwash the musical, I don't know. It'd be worth thinking about, wouldn't it? This is the lady, incidentally, in case you were wondering, who went to the pantomime with John Barrowman and the Crankies, and it was full of double entendres. Which, you know, it would be. It's a pantomime. You know, gone are the days of... It's behind you. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it isn't. 12 miles to London and still no sign of Dick. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And he got, you know, the, the audience shouting things out. That's what they do. The kids will scream this out. They don't know whether it's just funny. They just think it's funny. Dear me. Gary says, uh, leave little Peter Andre alone. He's harmless, a bit like wet celery. I mean, he's... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't know where Pete goes. I worried about this the other week, actually, for about a minute and a half. And I thought to myself, <coughs> so Pete's done the I'm a pop star. He had his little reality show, and that was ultimately dull. He had a coffee shop that opened because he got publicity on his programme, and then it closed. Because, you know, if it's we think he's selling perfume. Oh, it's not that insania stuff, is it? That was, he was signing it in a shopping centre in Peterborough. Dear, tell me, dear God, in Peterborough, you're not all going around smelling of insania or something like that. It was remained at an R Pound shop a short while ago, which was lovely. It was stuck by the till, and he's, and he's got an album. Oh, he sings! Oh, sorry, signing. I do beg your pardon. Pete, Pete C. Andre. Purchase, wait a minute. Purchase a bottle of Pete's new perfume, gold, and he'll sign it and take a photo with you. Dear God, it's got that bad, has it? Oh, lovely. He's at the perfume shop. They sell discounted perfumes. They don't sell, you know, they sell discounted perfumes. He's at the uh, Queensgate, where he was, at 11.30 in, in Peterborough. Is, is anybody queuing? Uh, three. OK, get some more people in, in the queue. So, in other words... Oh, he's also doing a calendar signing. Second of December... Oh, that's finished in Southampton. And then there's an evening with Peter Andre. Oh, that's already happened, has it? Oh, right. And so you may be able to ask Peter your own question. Like, I don't know what you'd ask Peter. What would you ask Peter Andre? I don't know what you'd ask him. Oh, because he's on the front cover of OK magazine. When did they photograph that, dear? Peter Andre, My Life Story. That can't be a very long programme, can it? How long was that? I had, a, I had a little career as a singer. Uh, that finished. I worked at my brother's gym in Larnaca, and uh, my career had finished. And then I went to the jungle, and luckily I met well-known dimbo, Katie Price. Convinced her I was interested, and, um, and the rest is, is history. We got married. I sweated throughout the wedding reception because they put too much makeup on me. And, um, and that's it. Oh, he's appeared in Denmark. They must wonder who he is. Do they know who he is? is it, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether he's, he's big abroad, as they say. Oh, God, there you go, another panto line. Are you big abroad, dear? You know, Jamaica? No, she went of her own accord. All the old gags, it's here, you know, we can all do it. But uh, Peter there, doing his thing. Actually, Peter's singing with somebody who appears to be doing more of the singing. Peter, oh, no, Peter's singing. Well, he's running up and down, then he undoes his shirt a little bit. He's a bit old for that kind of thing, isn't he? Is he a bit old for this? Is this recent? Him in Denmark. Well, the sound quality is very bad, but obviously somebody's got a handheld thing, and they so. I've noticed. Have you noticed that all the crowd are going? Is, is the main act coming on shortly? No, it's Peter Andre. Who? Peter Andre. They can't know who he is. I don't think he was big enough abroad, was he? But there you go. I don't know what else is in the diary at the moment. I should, but uh, Pete's already been in OK magazine, so at least we're spared that, I suppose, from the Christmas edition. Uh, when they go round, they take a tree and they stick it up there and they go. Pete's got his presents, and he's got the kids for Christmas, and we all go. Riveting, riveting. So he's a singer, he's a, ooh, a songwriter, and he's got a calendar out as well with the famous sock. This is, is this the calendar for this year? Oh, no, yes, that's, has he got a 2018 calendar? We can't find one. You can pre-order his new book, Peter Andre. That's out. Yeah, the website's not very good, Pete. Change the website. That's the really, book's been out a while, but also the, uh, the calendar. Because Peter Andre was famous for the... Um, oh, look, he's wearing a boxing glove. That's sweet. And um, he's, he's famous for the sock. They did it on the... Te the only reason I mention it is they did it on the television programme where he said to his agent... <laughs> it was gorgeous. He said, have you got the sock? And so she gave him the sock and he stuffs it down his speedos. I mean, seriously. I don't really know what to say about that, actually. Who would actually... Oh, there is a 2018 calendar. Oh, thank God for that. 
It's out now. Pete looking mean and moody. Who buys that sort of stuff? I'm always, intri- oh dear. <coughs> I'm always intrigued by that kind of thing. You can choose a delivery. You can have it delivered by tomorrow. Rather not, actually. How much is it? Is it very expensive? Nine pounds. Good Lord. Nine pounds for a calendar. Pictures of Peter Andre. I mean, it's not like... Isn't that a bit sexist? It's like going into a garage and having a a calendar of Louise Redknapp. I mean, it wouldn't happen, I know. Is it what? Pirelli calendar, yeah. The original Mr Sixpack. He's not the original Mr Sixpack. A lot of old codswallop. You can enjoy Peter throughout 2018. Oh, God, it's not going to run next year as well, is it? How are we going to manage that one, boys and girls? But he's proving, he keeps... Pr- I love, shall I read this to you? This is so funny. He's quite clearly still packing a punch. Peter Andre keeps proving he's every inch a pop star. What? Pin-up and TV personality and fabulous father to boot. He loves his kids. And he married Em, of course, and she's got that one expression. Ah! Caught in headlights. But anyway, uh, two years in succession, he's won Dad of the Year. What's that? Who votes for that one? Anybody listening? Anybody vote for Peter Andre? Dad of the year. How many kids has he got? I forget how many he's got now, actually. But uh, we can also get... See, I'd rather have a Mrs Brown's calendar or Cliff Richard's calendar. Ollie Murr's mm, so-so. The Peter Andre one, he has to take his shirt off. It'd be like bringing out a Steve Allen calendar, wouldn't it? Steve Allen, I've always said, though, I think a Christmas calendar next year could be on the cards. It says, oh, somebody says, bit disappointed to find the calendar pictures of Pete do not show him showing off his academic or studious side. Instead, pictures of him without his shirt on. Well, that's all he is, isn't it? That's all he is, beefcake, isn't he? Sort of old beefcake, but beefcake, nevertheless. Somebody says here, somebody's very rude, this guy's truly passed his sell-by date. Sad thing is, he really isn't growing old gracefully. Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. Because somebody called Joe thinks he's great. So there you go. It's funny, p- people are always divided, aren't they? People are always... Oh, look at the time. I forgot the time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice, uh, nice to have your company. Uh, Howard says, I'm the founder member of the Peter Andre Appreciation Society. Uh, society. Sadly, the only member. Where have I gone wrong? I just don't... I, I'm just not sure where it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm as intrigued. I ask genuinely. I'm always intrigued by people's careers because I watch people on the television and you can tell somebody who's being pushed, can't you? The BBC will always stick somebody on everything. And uh, and then they sort of go, oh, look, and here they are on Strictly Come Dancing. And we go, oh, God, how dull, how boring. That's why right. you, you actually wait until you see the line-up for the Dancing on Ice programme. You're going to be hard-pushed to work out which ones are celebrities and which ones are just has-beens because there will be quite a few has-beens. Jackie in Watford says Peter's wife can support him. Uh, no personality. She does have that vacant look, doesn't she? But there again, she's not a model. She's not anybody. She's just M's. And she's had... I can't remember how many... I've lost track of how many children they've got now. It's a bit like sort of popping them out, isn't it? Like a party popper, I suppose. There's another child popping the corner. And um, and so that must be nice. But but the life is fake. She's obviously... Do you know who... who, who she, I've just realised who, whose bug she's caught. She's caught one of uh, Prince Andrew's daughters... It's either Eugenie or Beatrice. The one who looks like she's got sort of, you know, eyes that are sort of wide open. And that's what Ems looks like. Obviously, somebody said, you know, it's like it's like people standing modelling. I saw somebody the other day on a television programme and they've learned to obviously model by keeping their hands down by their sides. It was a very odd look, but I noticed it. Uh, Steve, I heard earlier about somebody going to the wrong party. It was Matt. I thought, seriously, I thought it was the funniest story I'd ever heard. I hope he takes it in the good spirit, because it is, it is so funny that you go to the firm's party and you wander about, and if suddenly you don't like it, 
And the reason he didn't like it, because he was at the wrong party. There were two parties going on in the same building, and he, he was at the wrong one. But anyway... <coughs> Sorry, it's made me cough now. But anyway, uh, me and my two brothers walked into the wrong wedding. We went to Ashford in Kent and asked a local for directions to St Mary's Church. We were directed to the church, walked in only to realise it was the wrong wedding. Turns out there are five St Mary's churches in Ashford and we got the wrong one. Mr Embarrassed. Yeah, that's the trouble. I mean, St Mary's, I should imagine, must be the most common name of a church. Would you not think so? Uh, could have gone to the wrong Ashford, though. You could have gone to the one down the road from uh, me. Did you ever interview Keith Chegwin? I didn't. I didn't. No, they asked me that straight away. In fact, that's the first thing they do now. Whenever somebody, you know, in the entertainment industry dies, they always say, did you interview uh, them? And in his case, I had to say, no, I didn't. I didn't. I wish I had, actually. I wish I, I know his brother, because his, his brother's in PR and brings uh, a lot of guests uh, in, Jeff. So that's nice. Uh, Donna's listening in Edinburgh with Cats called Cobble and Jess. Good Lord. Cobble and Jess. Uh, Steve, if I was branding Peter Andre's fragrance, I'd name it Cyanide. Actually, I'm amazed that these, these celebrity perfumes are still doing the rounds. I didn't, I didn't realise that they were still there. And what it is, I told you one year, one, my, one of my godchildren, she got, she got Katie Price's perfume. And it was lovely. It's nicely packaged, but it's hitting the right market. It's the twenty nine ninety nine kind of level. You won't find Peter Andre's is 60 quid or 70 quid. It'll be cheap end of the market. And you can tell how cheap it is. He's offering to sign the bottle and have a picture taken with you at the same time. I mean, so it's kind of like you get sort of three, three loads of Peter Andre, which I suppose is quite good. It's on this shelf next to David Beckham's. He's also available in the same store because he's at the cheaper end of the market. You know, it's appealing to a, a certain person. You know, I mean, Victoria Beckham, she'd also have to be in the same end of the market. She wouldn't have any high-end perfume. No, who, who would buy Victoria Beckham perfume? You wouldn't, because you would know it was a designer perfume. When I say designer, it means that somebody's put it together. They don't know anything about making perfume or blending or anything like that at all. They just put their name to it. You don't think Jade Goody seriously knew about blending perfumes? You don't think Peter Andre... They just give him lots of... Sm- Which one do you like the smell of? Oh, that's nice. Let's go for that one. There you go. And that's it. That's how it's worked. It's like, you know, all these clothing companies. They go there and they find some. You watch, Georgie Toffo will be coming up with a clothing line very shortly. These are my fun clothes that I wear in Chelsea. No, they're not. They're the clothes you're being paid to wear. So that's why it's, you know, you have to sort of realise it's endorsement, celebrity endorsement. And it's very popular at the moment. You can probably make uh, quite a bit of money out of it if you're a, if you're a third-rate uh, celebrity. Steve, uh, Peter Andre often frequents Taunton. Taunton, when visiting his wife's family, he arrives at the gym, parks his 4 by 4 feels the need to wear glasses and a cap, prances around for a bit and then leaves. Actually, he, he wears a cap, and I'll tell you for why, because it takes ages to do his hair. He's got really, I think he's got curly hair. It's like George Michael had curly hair, and it's very difficult to get it straightened all the time. Peter Andre, the same. So that's it. Uh, Steve, you could have, says Joe, a calendar and have your best celeb put-downs, one for every month. Dear, we'd have to have a three-year calendar, wouldn't we, to keep things like that going. Um, Peter is a national treasure, Steve, just as Eddie the Eagle was. We love heroic failures. He's not a... <coughs> Sorry, he's not a failure. He's absolutely not a failure. I mean, he's, he's made probably a little bit of money. He's tried loads of things, though, and I don't know. I mean, the very idea that they're still calling him a pop star is ludicrous. When was the last time Peter Andre was in the charts? When was the last time? I should imagine it must have been years ago. So he's not a pop star, you know, not in terms of 
you know, Stormzy or Rag and Bone Man. Look at me knowing these things. I can't believe I know that. He's not a, he's not a pop star like that. But uh, when, when, was, when was he last in the charts? So when they call him a pop star, this is on his website. This says he's known as a pop star. 2014, a single got two. OK, he did really well with a single which got to 144 in the charts. That is what I would call not doing particularly well. 48 in 2011, 14 in 2010. So it's, it's, it's basically gone downhill. Last top 10 was 2009. So he's not a pop star. He's not a pop star. He's never really been a pop star. He just did a few things. He took his shirt off. And that's all it is. But if you buy a calendar, it's going to be full of Pete with his shirt off because that's all he does. They'll airbrush it and do the usual sort of things. And, uh, and then they'll shift. I don't know. I don't know how many calendars are shifted. I mean, every year there are lots of these calendars. I didn't realise how many came out. There's literally everywhere. There's all these people who bring calendars out. People who you would never think of bringing calendars out. I promise you. I mean, I've been sent them before in the past. Boxes of calendars and you can understand the one direction calendar selling when they were in the charts and they were they were very popular but nowadays you get all sorts of odd people obviously somebody goes to them and says listen uh, we'd like to do a calendar with you i mean if somebody said it to me i'd laugh because that would just be absolutely ludicrous a steve allen calendar i can understand an lbc calendar i could understand a global calendar i can understand a capital or a classical or whatever it whatever it is ca- uh, catalog and calendar, but I just, but some of the people who are up there now, they're sort of people who've only been in the business five minutes. And you think, who would seriously buy a calendar? And the answer is obviously a few people. But I don't know if Peter Andres is done for a company or whether they do it privately. So they, they have the pictures taken, they get it printed up, they, they sell it because they're selling them at nine quid, which actually is, you've got to be a bit of a fan to spend nine pounds, haven't you? Or is nine pounds reasonable? I don't know. If I was getting one direction, I think I was getting good value. But Peter Andre, just with his shirt off, doesn't kind of do it for a lot of people. Once you've seen it, you know, you've seen it. Uh, Steers, don't ever say uh, you get there. Loads of Peter Andre. You get there. What does that mean? I don't understand. What does that mean? It's a word missing or something. It'll be all over the Daily Mail for you can blink, says Gary. And uh, Scott the Cabbie says, I'm thinking out of all the celebs you dislike, I think you do have a soft spot for Peter Andre. Now, I've often said, you know, with Peter Andre, I look at him uh, with his shirt off, and I think I could see you in something long and flowing. The Thames sprung to mind instantly. No, I don't have a soft spot for anybody, actually. All the people who feature on the programme, they're just, they're what I call cannon fodder. They're sort of people, you put them in the cannon, you fire them, and they've sort of shot out there, and if they maintain, (coughs) sorry, their celebrity status... For, for any longer, then when we have to keep featuring them. It's only when their celebrity star fails and then you see them popping up like Paul Danan. What a waste of space he turned out to be. You know, Mr Maynard, who sort of appeared briefly on television. Spencer Matthews, silly people, you know, who feature on, you know, Gemma Collins, a woman with so little talent, my little finger has more going for it. You know, it's, it's all these sort of people... The sort of talk about... Oh, but I, I did tell you, didn't I? I just thought I'd put the record straight, just in case there were any lawyers listening. Gemma Collins is now not suing the BBC for falling into the hole, which she must have seen. She was told about it, they rehearsed it, and she was told what was going to be happening, and she fell into it. So uh, all this big mouthy off that she was doing about, yeah, I'm going to be suing the BBC unless they give me a slot on Strictly Come Dancing. The day you're on Strictly Come Dancing, darling, the programme will be dead and buried. 
There's no chance. They're not that desperate. They're, they're trying to find people with a little bit of class. Just a little bit. Uh, apparently, the smell for Katie Price's perfume is made in a smells factory in Hazelmere. Yeah, there, I mean, I went to a laboratory once in the East End where they made... A friend of mine commissioned some shampoo and they just made up a formula for him. They also do the smell, apparently, for WD-40 and sell it bang. <laughs> sell it bang. <laughs> Always love that. Thank you, Gordon, very much indeed. And uh, you could have your own perfume, says Jock. Prosecco and fried bread. Oh, what a lovely combination. Fried bread. Just fried bread alone. Why we can't have that for Christmas lunch? I've got no idea. <laughs> that would be absolutely wonderful, wouldn't it, really? Uh, Steve, if Peter Andre ever does a UK tour, tour, please let us know the dates and the venues. I want to make sure I'm doing something else a long way. Well, he's, uh, next year, you've got to be careful, because he's, uh, he's, going, he's going to Australia next year to complete the tour that he couldn't manage this year because he had a programme to make on the television, which is where Peter Andre does a makeover. Well, he doesn't, because he doesn't know how to hammer a nail in, but, I mean, at least he made an effort, doesn't he? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. LBC and our sister stations from Global are joining together for a brand-new event rewarding the very best from the world of music, news and entertainment. It's called the Global Awards, from rock stars to classical composers, broadcasters <coughs> to chart-toppers. I put that <coughs> in by myself. It's not scripted. They're all under one roof, and you can be there with LBC. Keep listening to find out more. Nick Ferrari giving you more at breakfast this morning at 7 for this Friday. Theresa May says Britain's on course to leave the EU by March 2019, as she urges European leaders to move Brexit talks onto the next stage. What can she get out of that next stage, though? Rupert Murdoch says the decision to sell the entertainment assets of Fox to Disney will see the corporation returning to our roots of news and sport. Nick will speak to others who've also worked for the Australian media tycoon to see what the sale could mean. Do you know Rupert Murdoch is 86? 86. I bet he's exhausted at the moment. Absolutely exhausted. Plus, the High Court has told the Home Office its policy of deporting EU citizens found sleeping rough on Britain's streets is unlawful and must stop. Nick will be asking if that was the right decision. I mentioned that earlier on. So, in other words, people come from, from, uh, from another country, start sleeping on our streets, and we can't remove them. Why not stay on the streets where you are? Why, why move to somebody else's streets? Anyway, all of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 on LBC. Uh, Steve, I think you're being very mean to Peter Andre. This summer, I went to an evening with Peter Andre and the venue was absolutely jam-packed. I'm hoping to go to another one, but apparently it's hard to find a phone box these days. Phil. So cruel. So cruel. Uh, one here. It says, uh, great to have you back. Merci. It's always, there'll be a hidden one on this one. I've listened to you for years and I'm a big fan. My husband and I saw Peter Andre at a recent WOW brunch in Dubai. And I have to say he was excellent. We met with him as we're long-term residents living in the hotel where he was playing. He was nice to everyone uh, who were invited to meet him, including us. Between you and I, the only downfall, he used my husband's Mont Blanc pen and kept it. Oh, that's outrageous. Get it back again. He says, but it's got my husband's name on it. We have asked for it back. We've heard nothing. But he was truly great. The dance floor was busy the whole time. No airbrushing for him. So there you go. No airbrushing. He was, uh, he looked, um, he looked good. Well, that's fine. Uh, Peter Andre is nearly as old as you, says Des. The young of today, though, think he's ancient. And somebody inquiring, see, already I told you it wouldn't take long. Where can I buy a Steve Allen calendar? Very rare, very rare. I wish there was one, actually. It'd be quite funny. That would, that would be the joke of the day, I think. Uh, Steve, I've decided to rename Pete's fragrance Desperation. It comes with a free pair of socks, 
though if he signs the bottle, it's worthless. Actually, have you get anything signed by anybody, don't get them to personalise it. Because if you're thinking of reselling something like Peter Andre or Katie Bryce, whoever it happens to be, if it's personalised, you get less money. You get less money. Oh, didn't it, really? Uh, Steve, we went to school, or I went to school, with Eddie the Eagle Edwards in Cheltenham. We used to call for him on the way to Naunton Park, says Tony in South Sea. And my wife and I, Steve, went to see Dick Whittington on Tuesday. It was amazing. Amazing. The audience was in hysterics most of the night, and the show received several encores and a standing ovation. We stayed the night in the Grosvenor, Victoria, had per... Uh, theatre dinner at Pierre Victoria in Dean Street and post-theatre drinks in the Argyle Arms, a few, y- few yards from the Palladium. All in all, a wonderful experience. Yeah, I bet the tickets weren't cheap, though, were they? It's very expensive, that uh, Palladium uh, pantomime, but worth going to. Some friends of mine went uh, the other year, absolutely loved it. Uh, where's the Davenport's Magic Museum? I think it's up in Norfolk. Just type in on, uh, on Google, Davenport's Magic Museum. And uh, I think it's I think it's up Norfolk. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain that Roy Roy Davenport lives there, North Walsham in Norfolk. You can find you find it very easily on the uh, on the website. And uh, is it worth going? Anything to do with magic is worth going. I'm just I was just amazed and disappointed that it was that far out of London. I'd have liked to have seen something uh, something down here. But we've got the Magic Circle, and uh, you know you can go and see that if you go to one of the shows that they have on, and they have their. Christmas show's on, and I've got mine on the 23rd of, uh, of this month. Uh, Steve, says Simon, I had to close my dating agency for chickens due to financial difficulties. I was struggling to make hens meet. Thank you. Do you know there is a, a hens website where, where you, can, you can buy old battery hens and things like that, and hens who need a home? I didn't realise about it. It's very popular. Very popular if you want to give a hen a home. I've never thought about it before, but I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, right, what have we got? We've got 22 minutes to 7 Friday morning, 15th of December. Front pages of the papers, you'll pay. It's this benefits mum. They've got her posing with a load of presents. As I say, nobody cares about you, dear. We really don't care. Really, really. I promise you we don't care. Nobody's remotely interested. Oh, I forgot to do my... Oh, I knew it was something I was doing in conversation for this week. You want to know, don't you, who my guests are tomorrow morning? Because this weekend, uh, one is an actress who first came to our attention as the shy hotel receptionist in the cult sitcom The Alan Partridge Show. She later co-wrote and starred in the hit sketch show Smack the Pony, which made her a household name. In recent years, she played Tilly in the hugely successful comedy Miranda and has successfully made the transition into films with roles in Notting Hill, Bridget Jones and her new film Ferdinand, bear with, bear with, bear with. It's Sally Phillips. And she told me that corpsing isn't new to her. I remember doing a school play and none of us... Well, not a school play. Someone had uh, decided to put on an extra play and none of us had learnt our lines. And the headmistress came to watch it in the afternoon and no-one knew what was happening. There was these terrible, terrible silences. (laughs) And the whole, like, a line of eight girls with their backs to the audience shaking with laughter, just weeping. The whole thing breaking down. It's one of my happiest, happiest memories. Tell you what I don't like, though, is when people fake corpsing, because that feels really... Oh, that's showbiz, isn't it? I hate that. That's horrible. They do a bit of that in Mrs Brown's Boys. And I think I find that the worst thing about it, and everybody loves it, but the fact that they're pretending things are breaking down, that feels really cynical to me. Because it is just the most fantastic thing when things do. Yes. 
when things And then you try and bring it back. And then you try and get it under control. I did one play, and this is a long time ago, but I did one, you know, slightly rubbish play with touring the regions, Theatre West End Aldershot. And we'd all had a bit, we'd all had a big argument and hadn't done a technical rehearsal. And then there were these frames on stage and we're supposed to start the play hidden behind these frames. And uh, we we were in the wings and the blackout started and it was so black, it was like soup in your eyes, you couldn't see anything. And we sort of wandered out onto stage (laughs) blindly and uh, then this guy said, I got it, I found found the frame. So we all huddled up round him and the lights came up, we were just stranded in the middle of the the middle of the stage and just gradually shuffled during the opening monologue sort of shuffled back behind this thing and I think I laughed through the first hour of the play <laughs> quite a serious play just everything oh dear about five people in the audience all sort of gently snoring going this is so unprofessional and, and the more in trouble you are the funnier, the funnier it, it gets yeah I mean it's not good for the audience but it is joyous I just made me laugh again then because she's just got such an infectious laugh. That's Sally Phillips who'll be in conversation with me this weekend. Now, as well as Sally, I'll be talking to an actor and a writer whose love of classic British horror movies and sci-fi has shaped his career. In the 1990s, he co-wrote and starred in The League of Gentlemen, a dark comedy set in the fictitious village of Royston Vasey, which is coming back to our screens this month. His acting and writing credits are far too numerous to mention in full, but include Doctor Who, Sherlock and Game of Thrones. It's Mark Gatiss. He told me about the return of the League of Gentlemen. It's amazingly 15 years since the last series, Mm. uh, and we've been talking on and off for years about doing something again. Um, And then we realised that we we needed to sort of say we're going to do it, (laughs) otherwise it would never happen. And it's actually 20 years ago since we won the Perrier Award and did our radio series so we decided that was the anniversary we'd sort of hook it on so that's what we've done so we've made three half hour uh, specials uh, where we return to Royston Vasey and revisit some of the old locals and uh, it's been delightful I have to say um, very quick um, process all round uh, which which has a ni- gives it a nice energy you know we didn't overthink it we just did it because we wanted to and we've had a great time we had the preview last night at the BFI which was, went wonderfully and um, they're on Monday Tuesday Wednesday at 10 o'clock BBC 2 and then it's gone again except we're going to do a tour next year no yes oh brilliant so uh, first time back on the road for 12 years so who owns um, who owns copyright to it uh, we do you own copyright yes oh Ooh, very clever Terry Nation and the Daleks you see. Terry Nation and the Daleks a few things yes. <laughs> Philip Schofield and his uh, little glove puppet. Did he? Yes, he actually owned... Gordon. Gordon. Unfortunately, by the time he got to Andy Crane, yes. with, with his, the BBC had learned, yes. they'd taken it back. But then Ed the Duck was never the same as Gordon. Let's face it. Still quite clever. Let's face it. Business. It was very clever. I like this. But that, that's very clever. Cause, I mean, take it out on the road. So you've obviously looked at the size. That, so you must have started booking venues up already. We have. I mean, we did. We've done two tours before. The first one yeah. was 2000, 2001. Uh, and then one in 2005. And so, yeah, and the live thing was always a joy. It was amazing to feel the audience there, and, and the response was always fantastic. There you go. Well, that's the first we'd heard about the tour of League of Gentlemen. They're playing um, Australia. They're going over to Australia as well and doing uh, doing a series of dates over there. Mark Gatiss, who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with the actress Sally Phillips, just for the laughing, just for that bit of laughing. That'll keep you happy all day. And I'll be talking to both of them tomorrow morning from six 
after the best of Steve Allen. Because last week, because I wasn't, uh, wasn't well enough, there was no best of Steve Allen. So instead, there was two hours of In Conversation. If you can't make it, you get another chance on Sunday evening from nine. And you can download the whole thing from the LBC Catch-Up app for your mobile or tablet too. So that's tomorrow morning, just in case you think you're getting away with it. You're not. Steve Allen's In Conversation from 6 till 7, Peter, on Sunday evening at 9pm. Uh, so we get we get maximum coverage, and then you can podcast as well. And the best of Steve Allen is tomorrow morning between 5 and 6. And then I'm here Sunday morning. God, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You wait till you get to Christmas. So I'm here Sunday morning as well with the papers, two hours between 5 and 7. OK? Got all that written down. You know where we are. You know where we're coming from. Good, good, good. That's what we like to hear. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 13 minutes to 7 at Steve Allen's early breakfast on uh, LBC. Uh, Somebody says, uh, pleased to hear you back in the mornings. Have a nice Christmas. And uh, our mum sadly passed away, so you've helped enormously. I did say that earlier, didn't I? I did say that. It's, you know, sometimes when when awful things happen, you know, whether they're expected or whether they're not expected, uh, you still need some sort of some sort of comfort. And people get it a lot from the from the radio. Uh, one here says, uh, my missus got a signed personalised photo from Aidan Turner of Poldark fame. I'm trying to borrow his body for Christmas Day. I don't know why we've gone about it. My body looks like that. Well, you know, once you've scraped away all the rubbish and all the rest of it. I think a Steve Allen calendar would be a great idea. Steve with the mince pies. Steve switching on the Christmas lights in his living room. Steve sprawled across the bonnet of the car. Thank you. Good idea. Uh, Steve, your house of Allen calendar. The face of sketches. And, uh, and somebody else says, my local fishmonger is deaf. I went to buy some fish and he said, can you speak up, please? I'm a little hard of herring. People opened Christmas crackers earlier this morning. I do hope not. And uh, somebody says, please tell Sally Phillips that her part as Claire in the community is the funniest comedy show ever made, in my opinion. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, she's very good. Very, very good. You'll you'll enjoy the... uh, the interview tomorrow morning. So, front page of The Sun, as I was saying, I do beg your pardon, is uh, Tory outrage in Brexit rebellion. But the main story is this woman who spends £2,000 on her six kids. She's 29, she doesn't work, she can't work, she's got ME or something, whatever it is she's got, she can't work. And how she chooses to spend the money. Obviously, at some point, though, there must be something where somebody said to her, you know, she, she's claimed people look down their noses at her. I don't even know who she is. I seriously don't even, even if I mentioned her name to you, Claire Young, it wouldn't mean anything. She's been branded vile and greedy. I don't see how. I don't quite understand that. She's taken what she's entitled to. Listen, I don't like benefits either. You know, for people that I always think you look like you can get off your bum and get out there and do a day's work. But, you know, she hasn't done anything wrong. She's got the money that's come in. It's what she's due. She's got six children. Well, I thought maybe contraception would have been better, but, you know. And uh, she has to look after her husband as well. She's his carer. And he doesn't work either. So, in fact, we've got a whole family. But, of course, she's raking in probably about, about 60, 60 grand a year, I think. Something like 60,000 a year. But um, she claims that people have called her vile and all this kind of thing. Well, if you go on television and ram it down people's throats, then people are going to think you're vile. Don't go on television. Don't embarrass your children. Don't put them up for things like this, because you're going to get people saying things. You know, it's, it's just, you've, you've made a rod for your own back here. But what you spend the money on, I couldn't, really couldn't care less. Makes no difference to me. Uh, Richard Littlejohn says if they could kill Brexit, these so-called Tories would be happy to live in Corbyn's Britain. Uh, also, another human rights fiasco. An Iraqi caught red-handed with a bomb, a bomb, OK, wins £33,000. Why? Because our soldiers kept him in custody for too long. 
It's a joke, isn't it, really? I'm very, very surprised that people haven't gone back to the war years. Uh, also, Disney to buy Murdoch's 21st Century Fox for £39 billion. Woo! Amazing. And uh, French and Saunders poking fun at Poldark. And uh, here they are. We love French and Saunders. And uh, they're going to be back again. And I think it's the, uh, the Christmas show which they will be reuniting for, which we're all looking forward to. Sack rebel MPs, say the Express, get on with Brexit. Also, Harry and Meghan, apparently their love is a model for the nation. I'm going to be sick. I mean, they've got mugs out. They're selling mugs and bookmarks and teaspoons and everything else. It's not even married. Not even married, and they've got this sort of stuff out there. I don't know. People, people are now taking odds on the internet. How long will the marriage last? You know, because he's a bit fickle. What sort of work will they do? Where, where will they, you know, what will she do? So far, he's had, I think, since they announced the engagement, four different official engagements. She's not been there for any of them. I mean, that not ring bells? Rings bells for me. I'm thinking she should be there. I mean, we know that she's going to be doing uh, Christmas with, uh, with the royal family. She'll be in for a bit, oh, sorry. She'll be in for a little bit of a, a shock when she gets there and discovers that the Queen doesn't say, come on, what have you got, Megan? It's not like that. It's done so formally. They don't sort of have informally. Uh, good news is a daily cup of tea can cut the risk of incurable eye disease. Thank God for that. I'll be drinking tea till the cows come home. And uh, Debbie dons Paul's ring on Strictly Stars Days Off uh, because she's not been very well either. Uh, the girl's stranded by the train stuff. I told you about the other day. It's an old story. We did it yesterday. That's, that appears in not only the mail but also on the uh, Express for today. Uh, some of the child migrants we let in, say the former Borders chief, were balding and bearded. Yeah, because they were lying. I mean, you, know, you, know, you, say, you look at somebody who's quite clearly uh, mid to late 30s or mid to late 20s, and they, say, they tell you they're 12, and you think, I don't know what tree you've fallen out of, dear, but it's not the one we're in. Killer Aussie flu, KO's Crimbo, the Lurgy. How many times? You've never heard it called the Lurgy, have you? Oh, we've got the dreaded Lurgy. What does that mean? It means you sound a bit yucky, a bit yucky. Uh, Patrick says, isn't this the most chav jacket on Amazon? And it's a lovely jacket. It's sort of, I can't work out if it's glitter. It's got a picture of a pussycat in space eating a piece of pizza and a kebab. Do you know somebody will like that? I never understand why. Come closer. Uh, I never understand why. You do actually find people wearing pink tracksuits. What sort of chavs go out wearing that? I mean, seriously, it's the lowest of the low. Chav pink tracksuits with Ugg boots. I mean, you look at them, the hair's scraped back, they've got a fag in one hand and a double buggy. And, and you look at them and you think, what have you modelled yourself on, dear? That's the blokes. The women look even worse. Unbelievable, isn't it? Adele in tears for Grenfell. That makes a lot of the, uh, the papers for today. And um, apparently Liam Gallagher has narrated a kids' festive story called The Very Hot Snowman. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Warren says, did you see Question Time last night? More like Jeremy Kyle. I didn't. They get some very odd guests on Question Time. But, uh, you know, one of those sort of things. He said, glad to hear you back. You do sound a little husky, though. Yeah, I think husky's good. I think husky's good. I think husky is very good. I think husky is sexy. That's what I'm convincing myself. It probably isn't, actually. Uh, The Daily Mirror, Mel B. Fury at Payout to Violent X. Well, obviously, you know... She's got to pay it. That's what the court decided. And, uh, you know, whatever. Prime Minister on the brink. It's May Day, they say. My tears over bully slurs. Rebecca Vardy. We've had enough of you, darling. Please, 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 please. You, Toffolo, and all the other people, just go away. Just go away and stay away. Do us all a favour. 
uh, much easier. It is sexy, says Warren. I thought it was, actually. I think, I think se- vo- sexy voices are very good. I don't think I've deliberately got a sexy voice. I think it's just called a sore throat. Which is not quite the same sort of thing, is it, really? Uh, also, um, the, the Beeb, uh, the spotty crisis over Frome drug scandal. It was an asthma thing, an asthma thing. And uh, it, which wouldn't have enhanced anything at all, would it? I don't think so. So they've said there's evidence which is sort of debatable a little bit. You know, there are a bit swings and roundabouts. It makes you breathe better. But whether it, I don't know whether it works or not, we don't know. Uh, Molly and AJ, they're not going on the tour. Thank God for that. We've had enough of that. Thank you. Goodbye. And uh, the reality showdown. And you've got uh, uh, Strictly in the Apprentice finals loom. The writers pick their TV, TV faves. So uh, Ian Highland is uh, looking forward to dancing on ice. Uh, also, the Great British Bake Off. I didn't, I didn't like the Great British Bake I don't like Noel Watts-his-face. I really don't. Uh, the X Factor. People like that, actually. It used to be easy to be a bit sniffy, he says, but they need to look for a different sort of format. Love Island. That's just a programme for old tarts, isn't it, really? And that's the men. God knows what the women are like. Uh, Big Brother. It's, it's kind of lost its way. Really not sure about that. Strictly Come Dancing. It's it's okay, but again, it's you know who's having a relationship, who's not having a relationship. The Apprentice, just a bunch of people who tell lies. Uh, Britain's Got Talent, and I'm a celebrity, but you know, so they go, oh, so here she is, Georgia Toffolone. She's going to make a load of money. You think, well, she hasn't got any talent. What is her talent? Her dad's a rag and bone man, and her mother's married to somebody who's got an amusement arcade. You know, I don't see where the class is in this. It's just ordinary people. Ordinary people, very plain looking. Sale to Disney, according to The Guardian, marks the end of the era for Murdoch. He's 86, for God's sake. He's got so much money. Does he own it all? Does he own a lot? Of, will he get a lot of that money, do you think? He will get a lot. It's gone for $66 billion. I mean, it's a limit at his age what you can spend the money on. I mean, he's already got the trophy wife, hasn't he? I mean, he can't buy anything else. His son James plays a big role, but uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Dominic Grieve has received death threats after leading a parliamentary rebellion. Death threats? From whom? I need to catch those people very quickly. Let's get them in prison before Christmas. Let's not waste any more time, shall we? I'll happily go and sit there. I'll be a judge. I'll sort them out. Prison. How long? Ten years. Off you go. Goodbye. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, the do's and don'ts of Christmas jumper day. I've yet to see everybody's Christmas jumpers, but I'm sure they're all going to be absolutely swimming around in the newsroom. Uh, the bishop besmirched by the church. This is the Church of England destroying the reputation of a bishop by naming him as a paedophile. On the say-so of a single uncorroborated allegation almost 60 years after his death. God in heaven, I think they should start putting time limits on these things. Uh, Also, when searching for a new planet, NASA found the best way to find out is to Google it. That's where you get the information. Google it. It's very, very fast, very, very quick and, and works a treat. The Times this morning... Queen of Fantasy, Britain's Gwendolyn Christie from Westeros to Star Wars. Uh, also a picture of uh, a member of the congregation at the service at St Paul's Cathedral. And the judge slamming the police after a man is cleared in a rape trial. Officer sat on evidence that proved his innocence. That is it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. At least it's the weekend, isn't it? Can't wait for the weekend now. So many things that you've got to get done and enjoy and, and go out there and really have a nice time. And I wish you well in that. I wish you well with the Christmas shopping if you haven't got round to it. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Best of Steve Allen between five and six. And then between six and seven, it's In Conversation. Sally Phillips and Mark Gatiss.
There's now another reason to download the LBC iPhone app, because as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can now listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free. On the catch-up feature, just download the new LBC iPhone app, click on catch-up at the bottom, simple as that. There won't be a free podcast. Uh, Once again today, I'm hoping that we should be back uh, with you from Monday, once I've rested the voice for just a little bit longer. Ten o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien. Coming up next, the award-winning Nick Ferrari with Breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.